just want to make sure my face is on the re-edited version from now on. Yeah. That's my only stipulation. <laughs> and we are back. Welcome. Welcome to another interesting uh, front-loaded transfer show uh, where we're going to get down to a number of different topics. And uh, tonight we're going to do a little bit differently um, because I've got a few questions that I want to ask. Um and so it'll be interesting to see what you guys have got as the answers. But um, of course, uh, we don't do this without giving a little bit um, of a little bit of an intro. So, boys, Daz, Richie, Chris, how are we? I I didn't realise it was going to be homework. I didn't have my homework done. <laughs> a Q and A session. You, you need to stand <laughs> in the corner there, facing the wall. <laughs> Oh, the teacher's coming out. You never take a break, Pete, even on your holidays. No, you can tell it's A-level results day tomorrow, can't you, Dad? <laughs> it is. It is. But how are you boys anyway? How's things? All good. Yeah. Good, mate. Good. Glad on as normal. Good stuff. Good stuff. And look, it's been uh, another interesting week on um, on everything Newcastle United. Um, and like I said, we're going to do a little, something a little bit different. So... Um, although the main man, Jordan Cronin, will be joining us shortly, we have um, Saul making his full loaded transfer debut. So well, welcome in, um, the Chronicles' Charlie Bennett. Here he is, the apprentice. <laughs> How hey! we doing, boys? How we doing? Buzzing to be on the show, lads. We've been linked with nearly every single Chelsea player, so I thought I'd wear a bit of blue. Me too. Me too. followed suit as well, I see. Love it. I get Love the memo, it. lads. <laughs> We're good to be on the show, boys. Always a pleasure. No, definitely. Look, um, you know, it was either we had a chat earlier, it was either you stay at home and have a few beers uh, or come and join the boys. And, and obviously, you're here, so you wanted to be part of the part of the chat to talk all things well, Newcastle United. Oh, definitely, mate. Like when it gets to the tomorrow morning when I wake up and I haven't got a hangover, I'll uh, I'll be thanking you, lads, for, for saving the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've also I was looking a bit scruffy lately. I was starting to look like that, um, a little bit worse for wear. So you just gave us an excuse to have a shave before I come on the show. Me too. <laughs> I <laughs> also bonus. You know what? Our guests always try and make an effort, um, and you are no different, Charlie, uh, at all. So absolutely spot on. Uh, great to have you on. And look, as I mentioned. Um, we're going to get down to a lot of the talk. Um, and we have got a guest in, in, in the background because, as I tweeted out probably about 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, um, there are questions about a certain signing that may well or may not be happening very, very soon. And there's a lot of people that want to know a little bit more about them. So um, I've got a guest um, or guests that will come on and tell us a little bit more about this. However, um, I've got a question for you guys to start the show because I'm interested in what you've got to say about this. And it was a question that was posed to us last night by someone on, on social media. And I know, Richie and Chris, you might, may well have already responded to this, but um, it was from um, Ian Hall. Um, yep. Ian Hall, um, massive uh, supporter of, of Loaded uh, and a supporter of us uh, as a channel. He's put, does anybody else think um, our um, fan base is going into meltdown for nothing? This club has progressed so much in 10 months. Um, 
please Twitter wasn't around in 1988 to 1992. Um, and he's asked this question, do we agree with that? Now, Charlie, I, you know, I'll add you into that question and I'll come to you first about this. Now, you know, it's an interesting question that, that Ian Hull has posed. Is that something that you agree with or, or have you got a different opinion on that? I would, I would agree with that sense if you just looked at it purely from a Twitter point of view. I mean, Twitter's like that with everything, mate. I mean, football, the weather, uh, bloody politics, anything. Like, Twitter's just, it's just a, more, more so than any other social media app, I'd say it was a lot more negative and people go on there and because it's a bit like a diary where, like, you, saw, you can sort of see, you know, um, just went to shop the day if you wanted to. Right? Everybody sort of whinges on there. They use that as like Twitter's their sort of wall that they can throw stuff on. And I think that's a bit like what um was it was it Ian? Was it Ian with the question? Yeah. I think Ian that's sort of, I think that may sort of be the case there. I mean, I think it you know, Twitter's just a, a small fraction of the Newcastle fan base. You know, if you if face to face, if you're speaking of a Newcastle fan in a pub, in the shop or whatever, in the taxi, you know, everybody's sort of happy still. Everyone's still optimistic. I think that's just uh, the way it sort of goes on Twitter, mate. Everybody loves a moan. No, I think I think that's a that's a fair point. Um look, um thank you, Roy. That's right. Always a supporter of the that's channel, right. always in there with a super sticker. Uh thank you for that. And we appreciate all the super stickers and donations that we get from the uh, for the channel. Um, you know, we all massively, massively appreciate it. Daz, I'll come to you. You know, it's, it's an interesting question there from Ian Hall. Um, is that something you agree with? You know, it has the meltdown around, you know, whether it's been transfers or anything Newcastle United has been maybe um, a little bit for nothing or, or maybe a little bit over the top. Okay, first of all, Pete, I want to say, give a shout out to Paul Tweedy, who has just uh, DM'd me there to give, give him a shout out. I met him at uh, the, uh, the Forest game. We met him in, in the, the Bull, the Black and White Bull pub. So cheers for watching, Paul. Uh, now, back to the question. Um, yeah, I saw that question come in, and it's great that we're going to tackle, tackle that first. Um, no, there, there, there is no need for a meltdown yet. Uh, and look at so much has happened in the last 10, 10 months. Look at from where we are, we were to where we are now in, in the new area, and, and even, even the, the infrastructure changes that are going on in the background and bringing in a CEO and a sporting director and so on and so forth, and a manager that can manage and give trains that trains our players at least more than twice a week. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, there will be a, a cause for a bit of meltdown though if if we, we the transfer window was to end now and we didn't bring in. Uh, some more players. I don't think that that'll happen. We, we are going to bring in more players, which is who we bring in, and we know we get onto that uh, as we this goes further. But uh, yeah, I think everyone's expecting. I think we talked about when we had uh, Matty from the Magpie Channel on there on uh, the other day, where, where the expectation was so high at the start of the summer transfer window um, that that you kind of have to readjust. But we still want something extra uh, going into a long season and in our attacking department. So. Save the the, the the mini meltdown uh, until the, the transfer window closes, and hopefully, it won't be any need for one. Yeah, no. Uh, again, I think I think that's uh, more than fair. It's a case of just waiting uh, till the end of the window and assessing things there. Look, Richie, um, you've obviously, uh, you obviously you tweeted in response to this um, last night. You know, I don't know if you just want to kind of uh, reiterate your, your stance on this. Um, I just basically said I think people are forgetting where we were 12 months ago. You know, we were struggling to get a, a, a loan fee for Hamza Chowdhury, uh, for Christ's sake. You know, like 
We struggled to get Joe Willock over the line. So much has happened in the last 12 months, and we've got to be thankful for that. You know what I mean? This, this club's in the best place it's been in for, you know, God knows how many years. Probably it's, it's like as a off the field back in and as a, as a business, it's the best hand it's ever been in, full stop. You know, it's not even in its, you know, when we were going to the entertainers' days, but have we looked this good uh, off the field? Um, but then if you, you know, just because we haven't we've signed three people so far, one who was on loan last year, it means nothing. It's, you know, I'm glad that we're not just, you know, or someone says 50 million, right? Okay, that's 50 million. 60 million, all right, we'll give you 60. I, I do you know what? I really, really like the fact that we're not, we're not being, you know, bent over and spanked to get however much <laughs> someone says they want to get. I, I, I'm glad we're playing hardball with these two because it means that we're not going to be a pushover. You know, whether. You know, it's they're wanting 30 million and we're, we're offering 20. You know, that, you know, even if we get bet halfway, that's five million saved. That could be, you know, in 12 months, 24 months, whatever. Um, that that could mean a lot for FFP and stuff like that. That's five million. It could be someone's wages, or it could be a signed non boards or anything. So for me, I like the approach. I'm not stressed. I agree with what Daz said to the degree that I think that. If there wasn't any more signs and we're sitting here in two weeks' time and we're in the same boat, I think there's probably a lot more of the fan base a bit more disgruntled. But at the end of the day, we've still got to remember we are still a lot in a much, much better place than we were 12 months ago. I think there was, I think there was an interesting comment today in, um, in the piece that George Corrigan wrote in, the, in his co-written in, um, in The Athletic. He said, Newcastle aren't trying to copy Manchester City. They're trying to make sure they don't copy Everton. Obviously, everybody knows what Everton have done. Everton have spent half a billion pounds since Machiri bought them. And look where they are. They look like they could be they could be in a relegation fight, you know, and financial fair play, not financial fair play, like the Premier League's equivalent to sort of cripple them a little bit. You know, they're having the wheel and deal a little bit in the window. They've had to sell Richarlison. So I think Everton, if Manchester City are the blueprint to follow, Everton are the ones to be wary of. I think you're absolutely right. And look, we've talked about this on the show previously, and we've said that you know the last thing we want to we want to be is another Everton. And look, Chris, you, you've said it yourself because you know you've got a lot of um, I think you call them blue nose fans uh, that are local to you. Uh, you know, look, uh, I think Charlie's made a great point. You know, we don't want to be another Everton, but you know, what, what's your what's your perspective on things? Yeah, so like Richie, um, I I actually replied to Ian's tweet. Um, I think it was fair of Ian to say it, um, but I do, you know, I do take Charlie's point in that, you know, it probably we are just solely basing this purely on the Twitter fans. You know, we don't see the whole fan base, which obviously, you know, it, it, it it's very difficult to look at it from you know hundreds of thousands of people's perspective. But I I wrote back to Ian and said, you know, I I, I think we I think we all want to see the club progress as quickly as possible. But as Mia Dad said, patience is a virtue. Good things to come to those who wait. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But I'm not going to lie. Uh, if and when we do make signings, I'll be very excited. And I, 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 for me, I can't remember the last time that I trusted an ownership like I do this one. In fact, probably the last, the last people that we that I trusted anyway. I mean, some people, some people will say, you know, they'll still remember that, you know, the day when we sold Andy Cole. You know, when Kevin Keegan was on the on the doorstep of St James's Park and you know trying having to defend the reason why he sold Andy Cole. So some people, you know, would argue that even then uh, players were getting sold, you know, from from um, from 
under our feet, if you like. But I think, um, you know, it's, you're going back to Bobby Robson days, aren't you, for when we've had such a stabilised club. And in the, last, in the last 14 years plus, it's been anything but that. And I think, I forget who said it, it might have been Mitch on NUFC Matters, and he was saying, I think sometimes people just want things now. And they have to just wait. They have to just uh, take a step back and just enjoy the vibe for what it is. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna be challenging for the top of the Premier League now or next season. It's gonna be a journey. It's gonna be a long a long road, but a very very enjoyable road because now, compared to what we've been doing, as I say, the last 14, 15 years, now we're competing. Now we're trying to build. Now we're trying to get better. And really, we should all just embrace it and just enjoy it. And you know, as I said on my tweet, good things come to those who wait. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with that. I think, boys, some really good points. Lots of different points in there, but I think it, it gives the message out there, certainly from a social media aspect that Charlie mentioned, is that, look, patience is a virtue. We just need to make sure that we are patient, that we wait and see how the end of the window pans out before we then kind of make our judgments in terms of how the club has gone about their business. And look, we've still got two weeks to go. Lots and lots of movement to happen in between that time. So let's just be patient and see what comes of that. And look, that brings us nicely on to the transfer window in itself. And look, things have um, popped up in that time uh, since we spoke last week. And actually, a lot of the talk now, and we'll come to it right now, in this point, has been about this man, uh, João Pedro. So a little bit left field that it came out a day or so ago that um, that we'd had a twenty million pound bid rejected from Watford. Um, you know there was some question marks about whether we're going to go back in or not. Um, as always, Fabrizio Romano is mentioned that we're preparing a new bid, um, and that was yesterday. Looking at you know. Um, between the likes of 25 and 30 million. Uh, it's moved on slightly. Craig Hope has said that there's going to be an improved offer. That was this morning. Um, interestingly, from the Chronicle, you might know a little bit more about this, Charlie. It came out from Lee Ryder that Jao Pedro is coming across frustrated at the fact that this deal hasn't been concluded. He's talked about it, um, him being really, really keen on coming to Newcastle United. Um, and then also the likes of Peter Rourke, have mentioned that we're going to submit a new bid. Um, Jordan, who will be joining us shortly, uh, has talked about, and he's raised an interesting point and said, uh, it shouldn't be a surprise. Ticks a lot of boxes, um, only 20 and has room to grow. Um, and interestingly, and we'll come back to this in a second, Charlie, you put on there, do you believe Jao Pedro would improve the starting lineup? So I'm going to ask you that question right now, Charlie, is that <laughs> all the talk about Jao Pedro, uh, do you believe that, he's, that he improves our starting lineup, in your opinion? Well, funnily enough, when I put that post on, I'll tell you, the short answer is no, I don't. But the, I put that on and I wanted to put it on in such a sort of non-partisan, neutral way, just to sort of gauge what people thought. Now, I was I sort of made a prediction before I put it on. I thought people are going to, the majority is going to say yes here. If new, the, the deal breaks down, I was tempted to run the same poll again and then see if the majority still said yes. You know what I mean? Because I think that's I think that's the way it can sort of work. I, I sort of seen it with, um, with Ekati a little bit. Yeah. My opinion is, you know, 
I want to see it'd be a good signing if we signed him, knowing he's going to be one for the future. But I think if he was to arrive and he was to be the only arrival, I think that would still leave Newcastle a bit short. I look at the fun three against Brighton. I am Wilson, Alan Wan and St. Maxman. Even against Forrest for the first hour or so, yes, I had most of the ball, but we weren't, you know, took a 30 yard off on share to sort of to break them down. Newcastle, Eddie Howe even admitted it himself, going forward is sort of our weakness right now. And does Jao Pedro get in the team? Possibly instead of Alan Wan. What I think we need is somebody that's going to come in and sort of change our front three. Yes, Pedro would, would be good for the future, good off the bench, squad depth, all that, but I still think we need somebody that's like a no-brainer signing that's just going to instantly improve the front line. Interesting. Uh, interesting thoughts and uh, and good opinions there. Now, boys, I want to get the rest of your opinions on um, Jao Pedro, but we have two uh, very special guests that are coming to join us. Uh, we know them quite well from away days, um, and they're from uh, they're the Watford fans from Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So we have Justin and Pete uh, that are going to come and join us uh, any second in the live panel. Here they are. Welcome, Welcome guys. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you again, Hello, Pete? Boys. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Justin. How are you? How, how's things? All right, mate. Yeah, apart from we're going to have no forward line at this rate. Apart from that, <laughs> everything's rosy. Uh, hello, okay. as well. Um, remember you from last time. So, hello, everybody. How are you? You're good. Hello, Welcome, lads. Nice. Oh, we've, got, look, we've, got, we've, got two, we've got two Pete's now. We've got two Pete's now. This week. Going to confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. To, to avoid confusion, just call me Charlie. That's fine. I was going to say, if people get confused, just call me Dave, because most people either call me Dave or Pete or yeah. whatever it is. So we've got a couple of names, Pete, so we'll be absolutely fine. We but, call you Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not? If, I think I think if, it's the right way. If you pay forty million and you get me, you have every right to be disappointed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> With fresh out of deal here now, <laughs> you, you laugh, you laugh. Look, but me, me and Justin are starting up front against Preston on Saturday for Watford. By the looks of things, looking so. <laughs> forward to that. I think at this point now, um, you know, it, it, it's it's clear that you guys think that Jao Pedro. Is on his way. Are, are you? You know, it was rumored today that actually that the, there was another bid um, coming around the, the, the thirty million mark. Um, are you? Are you with that mindset now, both of you, that Justin and Pete, that that he's gone, that, that he's he's going to be a Newcastle player very soon? Good. Do you want to start with that, Pete? Um, it's it's probably too early to tell. Um, one of the things, just reading a, a lot of the comments from from all you guys who are, who are watching. A lot of people are saying, you know, we don't mind spending big, but it's got to be the right person. This this lad, people will look at his stats. Last year, he was playing in a team that was beyond hopeless. I mean, it really was shocking. Um, and yet he still came up with some divine moments. One, one at your place, obviously, in the 80, 88th. Just get that, that in now, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it, during the season, his stepfather, who's been massively influential, passed away. Massive effect on the lad. He was he was struggling up front. Um, we were all over the place. So really, you shouldn't you shouldn't judge him on what he did last season because that he was playing in a mess of a team. Um, when he had played and ha had some support in and around the Premiership, the kid is mustard. You talked about working across the front three. He can play anywhere across the front three. But what you are absolutely buying, and this is where I think Charlie's point about one for the future is that is you are buying somebody with absolutely if you do buy him 
massive potential. And that is why Watford fans are currently kicking bins and anything else that will move uh, at, at the moment at the thought of losing him. We've had Saar, we've had Dennis, but the one everybody wanted to keep is Pedro. Um, it, he played. He had a stinker last night. Anybody who saw him last night at Birmingham, don't judge him on his second half there. It's completely atypical. He he is a strong lad who is growing. Who is starting to grow into a man's body, and he yet hasn't got his fixed position. I think he could be the next kind of Roberto Firmino personally because he's got a great touch. He's incredibly strong. He can beat people for fun. He can find a pass and he can finish when he's got something playing behind him. If he goes up to you guys and has better players playing him around him, he will be, he'll be fearsome. And I think he could be, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, he could fill a number nine shirt up there, which is, you know, let's face it, saying something. Yeah. I think you also have to bear in mind he's he's not even 21 yet, I don't think. I think he's still no. 20 years old. Yeah. And we've seen him for, well, it's probably the third season that we've been watching him. And he, there is something special about him. He is developing and he is growing into a very, very good player. I, I, I wouldn't want to put a price on him because, you know, I don't value footballers. But 20 million did feel a bit low, got to say. Um, I, I think, you know, if you do get him, you'll like him and you'll treasure him. Um, and I think he'd be a good player for you too. I think I think a lot of the people at Watford would see 30 million, even that being very low, and would want a massive sell-on percentage. Because obviously, once he comes to you guys and with your ownership now, he's only going to go to the Bernabeu or, or, um, or maybe Juve, maybe Bayern, maybe the New Camp, if they ever sort their finances out. That's where he would go, and it would be for big money. And I, I appreciate you. We're talking about a kid who's playing in the championship here, and you should probably be quite rightly going, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. No, this kid is the real deal. Def genuinely, you will be bringing in some potential that could be uh, could be a, could be a, a legend on the Gallagher, definitely. It, it, Pete, it's really interesting that, that both yourself and Justin have said that is because, you know, those thoughts and look, uh, Richie, I'll come to you uh, in a second with this, is that um, those thoughts are actually, you know, the opposite of what a lot of Newcastle fans have been thinking. They've thought, you know, because he's in the championship, because he's, you know, his stats in terms of his goals and assists haven't stacked up. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's one of them where we think, you know, he's not good enough. He, he's not at that level. Um, you know, Richie, from what you've heard from, from the likes of Peter Justin, has it changed your perspective on him? What was your perspective on Pedro before we started the show tonight anyway? To be to be fair, and I, you know, I'm normally all right with like uh, you know, overseas players and younger players, but I didn't know much about João Pedro. So it's nice to get the you know the opinions of the two Watford lads. I must admit, when I was when we were looking, we were able to be looking at uh, Watford target. I always thought we'd possibly be going for someone like Saar because we've got that dying need of that right winger sort of thing. And obviously, he's had some fantastic uh, appearances when he's been in the Premier League. Um, so I thought he was the natural one we would probably go for out of the three. Uh, I know Dennis was looked at. You know, he, he had a decent goal return. Uh, I saw a tweet today saying that you know that he couldn't believe they'd let Dennis go. He scored so many goals in the Premier League. They'd had Maxwell Corney go. Uh, you know, these are people who are 20 million and uh, 17 million, but we're looking to be paying more than that for someone whose stats were technically worse. So, you, you know, I think it's one of these transfers where it's really, really split the, the fan base. But I think people have got to realise he's still young. He's 20. And as the, as the lads have said, this is the player that they want to keep most. So for me, that's what, you know, gives the lad... Um, best way, it's, it's, you know, it's... it's 
you know that that that's what you know makes the most. But the, the team doesn't want to lose a player. For me, that means he's the better of the three that are up there who've been there. So mm. for me, if that's the case, I'm you know. I know they might be getting the thirty million handshake for getting them this way, but I think by the sounds of it, they'd prefer to keep them than than you know get that money. To be fair, so it's nice to hear those thoughts. But uh, obviously, if it's one for the future, and we know the way that Eddie Howe can coach and what he can bring to the people, the way he can develop them, then you know it, it could be one of these ones where, it, as you know, as Pete said, he might go at a level where the only teams that could be able to nick him in the future are possibly your Real Madrid, Juventus, your Bayern Munich, and your Barca's. To touch on on that point, what you just said about being in being somewhere with a reliable coach, because Eddie Eddie Howe has always been a developmental coach as much as a, a manager. If you look at Yao Pedro, since we signed him, we've had about I don't know, literally twelve managers, something like that. We've probably had about as many patterns of play. He's had about as many positions. I mentioned earlier on, we don't necessarily know what his best position is. That's been because of the lack of stability at the club in terms of the management side. It's it's you know it's one of the, the idiosyncrasies of being a Watford fan. Um, if if he gets that, he could really be something. And the reason why Watford are picking out, you know, Watford fans are picking out because he's the one we want to build the side around because you've been been able to see from about the middle of last season that he's growing into the body that's developing. Before he was a he was a kid who we'd bought in from Brazil, and you know he, he wasn't quite maturing. Now you can see where where his physiological development is taking him. His tactical head and his technical ability are already there. It just needed his body to catch up, and he's he's now he, he could really be something quite quite fearful. I mean, myself and my son had a conversation, and this is when we had Sar and he was playing well, and we thought that genuinely Yao Pedro could be the first hundred million pound player leaving Watford he has he is that potentially good if you get him and you harness him you've you've got something but if you get him and you loan him back to us for the rest of the season we'll love you to bits even more (laughs) I think the one thing I I must say that I I did take from a lot of the comments obviously we know he's a good technical player as you've just said Pete was the fact he's got a good work ethic you know, he's, you know, he's he, he never stops running and stuff like that. So he's going to help, you know, develop that press from the front that you know Eddie Howe wants to deliver at Newcastle. So, with you know, there's a lot of things that people say, where, you know, young lads or you know, overseas players don't sometimes have that work ethic. So it, it, I think that's the one thing I've took from a lot of the readings from like Watford fans and some of the Newcastle fans that out of everything, even though he's a really good, technically gifted player, it's his work ethic that stands out most. The, the reason he had the reason he had a shocker last night and he did in the second half he, he didn't do, do well one perhaps his head had been looking at some yeah. some headlines that's fair enough you know at that age you know you guys with your background coming your, your head's going to be turned a little bit but secondly was because he was trying to get into all sorts of areas to come and affect the ball because it had to go through him because nobody else was performing he never hid once he doesn't if, it, if it's not working he'll go and he'll look for it again he'll look for it. and you guys know a thing or two about forwards you know, yes, they all miss, but it's about the ability and the propensity to get into the position to get the next one when you've missed the last two that that, 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 that kind of count. The, the the kid has got a lot of character. His family have been with him. As I mentioned, obviously, he lost his dad, but his mother and other people are there. So he's, he's of sound background. He's of sound um, personality and temperament. Because if you're going to put that kind of money down, you need to need to make sure that that's the case. And uh, yeah, if you do get him, he will be watched both enviously and and very very fondly by Watford fans. I think yeah, the I other thing to say is, sorry, just very quickly, if you'd have said 
we're buying uh, Saar, I'd have gone, ah, okay. okay. And if you just said, we're buying Dennis, I'd have gone, good luck. But the fact that you're looking at buying Pedro is just, you know, it's, it's, it's not nice for us Watford fans because we were really looking forward to seeing what he was going to do this season. So he is a very, you know, we've said it, he's a very, very good player. And I think if you do buy him in a year's time, you'll be saying to us, you were right, he's fantastic and he was worth every penny. Saar so is absolutely world-beatingly devastating for three minutes a game. If you knew what three minutes they were going to be, you'd got the manager from him. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I knew there was something coming from there, Charlie. I knew there was something. But Charlie, you wanted to just say something. Yeah, yeah. I just want to ask. Like, I was. You have um, made us a lot more optimistic about the signing lads because um, I don't know if you've heard us before when I was saying I feel like we need someone for the here and now. Um, I know that you've had another Brazilian who was about the same age for you know, who we also signed from uh, Fluminense. He's just been sold as. Um, He's just been sold to Tottenham this summer for sixty million from Everton. Mm-hmm. How would you compare with Charleston at Watford? Similar sort of age, similar style of play, would you say? Or would you, which one was sort of better? That's... Do you want to take this just or shall I? Well, you're more technically minded than me, Pete, so you'll probably be able to explain it better than I can, I think. That translates <laughs> as I'm a gobshite, basically. That's because, um, <laughs> I want to say that. But... <laughs> yeah, cool. Um was that much further along when we signed him. Um, it, you know, uh, uh, Pedro Pedro was a lad and he came in and he came in a really difficult posi- uh, time. When we signed Richarlison, we had Marco Silva and he was flying. He was absolutely ripping up trees. Everton came sniffing around. Uh, as you said earlier on, don't do an Everton. That's always good life advice as far as I'm concerned. But Everton came <laughs> sniffing around. Marco Silva's head turned and he then sulked for six months. You have not seen, through manager change and different system change, you have not seen this lad sulk once. And I appreciate what you're talking about, his technical ability. Richarlison was probably about a season or two ahead of him, I would suggest. We are yeah. now seeing, at this moment in time, and this is the frustration from the Watford fans, we're just about to see what we suspect is going to be Richarlison's breakthrough season. So whoever's doing the, the recruitment up there and looking at him, um, and having a look at who were their front three they're picking, um, you're doing a better job than Forrest and Palace or Leeds or whichever one of the no marks are doing going for Saar. Um, he is, I, 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 would, I would take him and I would suggest if he's not ready yet, season after this, he will be pulling up trees. Interesting. Plus, Chris, plus. I'm going to come to you, Chris, because Michael Palmer in the chat has made it very, very clear. He said he's not worth 30 million with that goal return. Guys, and, he, and he's been obviously very vocal in that. Which, you no, know, Michael Palmer, Michael, you're always very vocal, and we absolutely love that about you with regards to uh, your opinions on all things Newcastle United. But I'm just going to share this with you. Uh, can you see that on the screen? Just about nearly. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can see okay. So, what I'm showing you, Chris, is um, uh, Ja Pedro's defensive stats. Um, and as you can see, green is good. Um, so you're looking at, you're not just looking at the tackles, you're looking at the dribbles. So his tackles in the in the attacking and defensive third, uh, 76 percentile, um, 87 percentile. Um, so you can see his pressures in the, in the attacking third, in the mids. Okay, the attacking third isn't quite there, but certainly in the mid-thirds, which tells you a little bit that he might sometimes play off the striker, which I think Justin and Peter have alluded to. 
um, his blocks, his shot, shot blocks, interceptions, um, clearances, all in the green. You know, thinking about Eddie Howe and the way he wants his forward players to play with intensity, with work rate, is this why he wants Jao Pedro at Newcastle United? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, we, we know that Eddie Howe um, expects his team to work. I think the only the only exception to that rule you could argue might be Saint Maximin, but even we've seen in the past what six, twelve months, there's yeah. been a there's been an attempted change of Saint Maximin, and you know we well it's, that's probably for a separate discussion, but you could argue that that's maybe to been the detriment of his attack and play. Yeah. Um, because he's never quite looked the same, St. Maximin, uh, for a long time now. Um, but those stats that I, that I'm reading, Pete, you know, that they they look, you know, they look incredibly good. Particularly when you when you brought this up, particularly the pressing. Um, yeah. And you know, we we know that um, Eddie Howe has a lot of time for Miguel Almiron. And if you could yeah. if you could offer us, you know, a player with potential who's got the traits of Miguel Almiron, but perhaps who's I, I always use this word, who perhaps has got a higher ceiling and somebody who could develop into a better player with better finishing, with better end product, then you know, it could it could be one hell of a player we've got on our hands. And you know, I do take Michael Pomar's point. You know, football can be stats stats based, you know what I mean? But ultimately you do have to look at the all-round game. And that's always been my defence of someone like Miggy Almiron. You know, I, I look at what he does on the pitch. I look at what he brings to the team. And let's not forget, as, you've, as you know, you and the lads have already pointed out, this lad's 20. This lad's 20. And all the things, um, all the things that, you know, are, are what for friends Justin and Pete have said show that, you know, sometimes it's not just all about the stats. You know, they're watching him week in, week out and all the traits and all the positive vibes that we're getting about um, João Pedro are exciting. And maybe maybe that's why, you know, that we're, we're talking about a figure of more like 30 million to get him. But I, I, I'm excited by it. And as I say, um, big kudos to uh, Justin and Pete for cheering me up because I think a bit like, um, you know, a bit like some of the other panel members, I've been a bit, you know, I've always looked at Manuel Dennis. I've always looked at Ismail Assar. And they're the ones who always seem to get the headlines. People mm. have acknowledged that João Pedro could be a good player. And, you know, some people have said, oh, you know, he's a, he's a decent little player. But yeah. for, you know, the Watford fans to be upset over losing João Pedro ahead of the likes of Dennis and Sarr can only be a good thing. Because, you know, those lads watch him week in, week out. Definitely. Look, uh, you're absolutely right, um, Chris. And you've looked at, look, you look at the... The, the, it's the successful pressures. Uh, look, the, these stats are over the course of the last year. So this, you know, the, the, there's an element of this that kind of, you know, goes into uh, the last Premier League season as well. So you look at the likes of quality of pressures and, uh, um, uh, you know, the blocks, everything in there, if, in my opinion, is what... Um, is exactly what Eddie Howe is looking for, in, in my opinion, from that. And look, I'll... Um, I'll, I'll I'll go back to it in a second um, because uh, the you asked the question and you mentioned something just a second ago, which I thought was quite interesting, is that you mentioned Miguel Miron. So I'll bring Miguel Miron's defensive um, pressures up. And, you know, they're still extremely high. His tackles, his dribbles, um, his successful pressures are maybe not as high. Uh, his blocks are not quite there. So uh, although they're still very, very impressive defensive stats, we can already see that at 20 years old, Ja Pedro's performance in terms of that type of game that we want from an Eddie Howe player, it isn't quite the same. 
um, in some areas. Mm. So just to give you that little bit of a comparison uh, of what Miguel Miron can give you, um, uh, that was there. But that, that was really, really kind of an interesting one um, from, from that perspective. And it gives you a little bit more of an idea of Jao Pedro and his abilities. Um, lots in the chat have mentioned um, about the goal return, Daz. Is that a concern for you? I think there was a three goals, one assist, um, you know, in, in the last season in the Premier League. Pete and Justin have told us not to worry about that because they were playing in a, in their words, a, a real poor, dire team. You know, no, nobody scored for us last year. It wasn't just Pedro who <laughs> wasn't firing. It was no one scored for us last year. Yeah. And, and real, real poor and dire team really isn't doing us justice for the season that we polite. had last year. I'd be no, There I'd really be is no need. We were <laughs> full, mate. We were, we were beyond <laughs> crap. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 it does concern me, people. Um, before you even brought up the, the stats, and uh, when his name was first mentioned first, I think we talked about it with, with Matty the other day, is that uh, I did look at uh, look some clips of him. He, he never looked like a number nine to me. I know he got that header goal against us, but he does look look like more like attacking or on the wings kind of kind of player. Um, it's and I'm 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 I answered yes to Charlie's poll actually today, and I, I'm willing to give him a chance uh, at Newcastle. And I think Eddie Howe can get get something out of him, uh, and with, with him being young, he'd be able to mould him and so on and so forth. And the whole link up with Brazilian hopefully uh, works out as well with Joe Linton and Bruno. But um. The the other the only thing is though and I think I said it the other night as well uh, the price we went in at first we knew we'd have to go with the second bid but I wouldn't be going any further than, than where we're going at now because then it, it brings into the the equation others that we've looked at and a case in point Ramos for Benfica who's as in the chat there he's after scoring in the Champions League against Kiev t- tonight so he to to balance it out I I'd only go so far. Uh, uh, for him, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't go any further. This last bit would be the final bit for for, for me. I'd, I'd look at the others we've, we've already looked at, and we have on the the waiting list, let's say. And um, yeah, I think that I, if if we're looking for a, a striker, a number nine, someone to slot in for Wilson, I not, don't think he's the one. But as a kind of a, a Miggy replacement uh, or, or an alternative, he's, he's he, he um, how could get the best out of him? Great point. To make Daz, and this is what I'll come back to you, Justin and Pete, on this. And you may have answered it already, but I want a sort of a definitive answer on that. Daz has asked the question. He said, maybe not as a Callum Wilson replacement, I wouldn't have him, but maybe as a Miguel Almiron replacement, maybe on the right um, of, of the attacking three, I would have him there. In your opinions, from what you've seen of him, definitively, where do you both individually see his best position being if you're going to play him in one position only. You've talked about him playing across the middle. It's been talked about and documented a lot. Where would you play him every week, all the time, to ensure that you get the best out of um, Jao Pedro? Probably as a number 10, I would have thought. Um, or, uh, you know, an attacking midfielder, someone, a midfielder playing high up the pitch, I would have thought. He's not a, he's not a number nine, I don't think. He's not at the moment a number nine. There's no reason why he couldn't be developed into one, I wouldn't have thought. But uh, for my money, he's probably a number 10. What do you think, Pete? I think it, well, it depends what formation you're going to play. Because you'll buy, if you do get him, you're buying somebody who's extremely tactically flexible. So if you're, if you're playing two up, he can play as a second striker. If you're playing a, a four, two, three, one, he could play any one of that, that three. And he could also play as a single one up front. 
genuine he can his body is developing and a lot of the video that you'll see is unsurprisingly as with all video from the past he is developing you know his body is coming along and he's he's stronger than you would imagine um you know for, for a lad who you, you'll look at little things and think oh he's kind of you know bendy little rubber kind of running around no no this 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 kid's <laughs> this kid's made of oak moving forward um if, if you're playing in the uh uh, kind of a, a three, four, one, two. You can play him in any one of those front three positions. If you're playing a four, three, three, he can play any one of those across the three. That's that's mm -hmm. what you're buying. You're buying flexibility in terms of what else can come in and come around. I was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier on. Sorry, just to kind of obviously, you have now got newfound riches, and of course, the the team who's done this before has been Manchester City. And I think a lot of people will be looking at Yao Pedro and thinking something along the lines of, oh, it is similar to the kind of Rubinho signing. And I don't think it is. You're not bringing in a flash Brazilian to do that. You're bringing somebody in for the long term. You're looking at a David Silva kind of impact, i.e. over a prolonged period of time, because that's where the value is. And that's going to be why Watford will be playing hardball on the value. All of the people saying, look at the goal return. I wouldn't go for it. You're absolutely spot on. If you're looking to something on Saturday, would I would I be buying? But no, but your club aren't doing that. They are planning a bloody empire by the looks of things. They are planning for the next 10 years. And therefore, what they need to have in the building is people who are going to come in and be succession planning and people who can, when somebody drops out, we can fit him in there, we can fit him in there. And I think he would be, um, I sorry, I can't remember which which of you gents said it, if he's got a better, if he's got a higher ceiling, this kid, genuinely, the sky is the limit. I'm trying to. I, I should be on commission for this for sale. I'm sure. I'm no, really I was going to say. You're, you're not. You're not Yao Pedro's agent, are you, Pete? No, he wishes. Which one position? And you gave about nine there. I think. That's, but but that, that is, is the point. point. But that's the point. It was a great question. It was simply the wrong one. <laughs> the comment, there's a comment in the chat there from uh, Wayne Patton. He says, "Give them Chris Wood." Now, Chris Wood. He hasn't really done too well for Newcastle since he came in in, uh, in January. Right. But in the championship, right. he could be <laughs> a force in the championship. And obviously losing Dennis, would you be open to getting Chris Wood as part of the deal? No. Thank you very much. That's that one nipped in the bud. I think the thing which we're, trying, we're trying to do is we've, got, we've now got a young manager in process i mean you've seen the difference between you know kind of the old and the new and the fresh and the, all of that that's what we're coming in so I, th I think that's where we'll go for it and the potsos you know you know we, we've got these three you know lads who who are in the process of going it would seem you know with with yao and nobody can blame him for, for doing it he doesn't know if this offer will ever come again it's no there's no there's no um kind of bitterness about that if he does go regret yes but bitterness no We'll, we'll go and find somebody who we've never heard of before. They'll bring them in. We'll say they're rubbish. And then in two to three months, they'll turn out to be really, really good. And then we'll, the whole kind of cycle will return. Chris Wood's definitely not on our radar, I'm afraid. But good try. <laughs> <laughs> we always try our best. But look, guys, um, I, I'm, look, you've been longer than what I anticipated. I only said 20 minutes. But uh, I think everyone in the chat has said it as well. You guys have talked so much sense. You've given us a completely different perspective on the likes of Jar Pedro and what he could potentially offer Newcastle United. Um, William, William Smith has said, do you want Jacob Murphy? <laughs> is this is like a forum for agents, isn't it? This is excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, on, on a serious level, look, 
I already know, and Chris knows because we've had you on away days a number of times. It's been a it's been a pleasure to having you on the, sh the show. I know you've jumped on last minute after recording your own shows. Um, it, thank you for your your insight. I'm sure you know if the deal gets confirmed, I'm sure we'll we'll have you on again to do a little bit more of a chat and, and what to expect from from Ja Pedro. But um, I let you guys go uh, just before you go. Do you want to just plug um, your your pod uh, and where people can find you? Yeah, you can find our podcast pretty much anywhere where you can listen to a podcast. So we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else. Uh, even uh, the smart speaker system, I believe, we're on there as well. Uh, you can follow us at DNSYE underscore podcast. Um, that's our Twitter. And we've got all sorts of things. I think we've even branched into TikTok today as well. So we're kind of everywhere. Wow. Can't miss yeah. <laughs> Boys, just a quick question before you go. Uh, I'm, hopefully we'll speak to you before the end of the season as Pete says but are you just coming back up this season well I thought we were until we sold all our forwards uh, <laughs> Chris um, Ward is the answer yeah, no um, <laughs> that was that was a very polite no <laughs> um, I don't know I mean in theory you know we were one of the, the relegated teams with parachute payments and all the rest of it, so we should be there or thereabouts. If you'd have asked me that um, at the beginning of the season when we were, you know, firing with three forwards, I'd have said yes. God knows now. Who knows? Let's see if we can recruit properly and, you know, uh, replace anybody that does go out the door. Uh, you know, it's going to be very difficult to replace Jao Pedro, that's for sure. What do you think, Pete? Do you think we're still in with a shout now? Uh, well, you guys know what it's like when you go down in the championship. Um, in, in terms of us, we, Ooh, we had, that was a low had some... no, 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 no. I mean, I'm, no, I don't mean it like that. Not what anymore, I mean is, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. But we've we've still got that concern, um, <laughs> and therefore we've we've had to shed about sixty million quid's worth of players so far. That included Dennis. Doesn't include Sar. Obviously, doesn't include if you get Yao Pedro. We also hawked or bought forward like a payday loan, for want of a better phrase, our two parachute payments. Personally, if we don't go up, this is this is like a shit or bust strategy, basically, because otherwise, you know what happens when you go past the parachute payments. You've got to do another level of reduction again. So I think we've really got to go for it if we if we possibly can. Oh, my apologies. if I. Uh, um, so we, we've got to go for it. And it's what they do with the investment, because if we sell the front three, we've got to get into the market and get something. Fingers crossed we do it. Well, we for sure hope that you do it, because look. Away days is not the same without you guys look, looking at the previews to Newcastle United against Watford. Um, look, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great to have you on, Justin. Great to have you on, Pete. Um, give Carl our best, uh, our, our best regards as well. We miss him too. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to meet up with you guys for a Premier League game uh, at Vicarage Road or St. James's Park in, in the future. But um, we'll let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your evening. But uh, thank you for your insight. You guys take care. Speak to you soon. Pleasure, Cheers, lads. Take care. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Take care. So, have you, has your opinions changed? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, actually. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, b before before they came on, I mean, obviously, sent me uh, sent me a bit when I did the, the did the poll this morning, and. Um, Little bit underwhelming when I seen the news of Yao Pedro. They like looking at his stats, his goal return, not knowing where he would fit in, wanting somebody for the here and now. But listening to especially Pete, I mean Pete, with Joe on saying was he was he Yao Pedro's agent? Like, like bloody hell, you give him you give him some appraisal there, didn't he? I mean, you sounded like the bees, and he's there. 
He was spot on. Uh, that's um, Pete. Uh, we normally have Justin and, uh, and Carl on. Pete's uh, um, that was his first time joining us for a show, and but his his insight was absolutely spot on. Really, really good insight. And you know, he's not. He, if people are thinking that he's kind of blowing smoke um, to, to to big him up, I don't think he is because they're effectively about to lose the player. So if anything, you want to be talking the player down. But in actual fact, he's telling us the reality of what, how good Jao Pedro could be. And actually, you know, you've said, Charlie, that he's kind of changed your mindset on on um, on, on Jao Pedro. But the rest of you boys, Daz, Richie, Chris, have your opinions changed on Jao Pedro after that little bit of information um, uh, from Justin and Pete? For me, no, no, I, I was going to give him a chance anyway, um, and and I just think, <laughs> no, it was I, I, that was from the last guy, just just the, the clips I, I I seen, but it's just as I said, I've said it three times now. It's just as the price increases, then my 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 enthusiasm for the deal decreases. So because uh, the other options that would should should come back into play, but yeah, so that's me. Uh, Chris, you were nodding your head. Yeah. yeah, I was because like that—that's like a, a ringing endorsement. I mean, Pete, over the past however many transfer shows, you know, we've spoken about Emmanuel Dennis going, "Oh, it'd be a good signing, he'd be decent," and and Ismail Assar, you know, a few people were fifty-fifty over him. Um, but then, you know, for the Watford fans to just come on and be like, "Yeah, I don't care if they go," I'm bothered about Jao Pedro. That—that's that, great for us to hear, isn't it? And you know, and I know I'm repeating myself here, but. When you're signing a 20-year-old, you know, it's good, isn't it? It's not It's not as if, like, if, if Jao Pedro was 28, I've got to be honest, like, no matter what the Watford lads said then, I'd be thinking, like, you know, he hasn't reached, you know, that top that top point and we're signing a 28-year-old, I'm not sure, I'm, you know, or he's been playing in a poor league. But this is a lad who, you know, did well in the Premier League. I say did well because obviously the you know the Watford fans were certainly a fan of him. They've acknowledged the fact that they didn't have the best of seasons, but that he was one of their shining lights. Um, and the fact that you know they're wanting to get back in the Premier League and they're now facing a very tough Championship season, and they're worried about losing him. That can, that can only be a good thing for us. So, and do you know what? To to spout what you know most people have already said. Like I, I'm. I'm fully behind, absolutely fully behind these owners and Eddie Howe. If they've highlighted that this is a player that they're, you know, they're interested in or that they want, I'm I'm fully behind that, and I, I'll get behind any player we sign, regardless of what I think, um, because you know what do I know? But you know we should always back any player that joins the club. But to hear the opposition fans saying that they don't want to lose them, and to know that Eddie Howe and the owners want this player, I, I think it's I think it's all positive. Definitely. Richie, uh, were you, are you kind of still, or were you concerned about his lack of goal scoring record? Uh, and and as it, the way in which Justin and Pete have talked about him, has that changed your mind or are you still of the mindset that, that he would be a, a good signing uh, for Newcastle? I think he'd be a good signing for, for Newcastle going forward. Uh, as you said, I don't know whether it'll be a good sign right for the here and now sort of thing. I think one one of the interesting things was I think it was uh, Pete that said was you know he's got a very good comparison to Firmino. Now, if you look at Firmino in that front three of Liverpool, 
he hasn't got the fan, the greatest of goal scoring records. Uh, you know, compared to when he was played alongside Marnie, uh, alongside Salah, and also even we look at uh, Yota when he came in last year as well. So you know, it doesn't necessarily he could be a better player than Firmino. He, he might have a better goal scoring return there, but it's, he's got to take a lot of boxes. And obviously, you know, they, they said himself he's not an out and right um, number nine. So you're probably not going to have the goal scoring return that you'd want off him. I think if you know if he's looking to play on as a winger or a number ten type thing, as you know the, the, the Watford lad says, you could be looking at something. You know, if you're looking at it to the eight, nine, ten goals per season, then that's probably the sort of return you're looking for for that sort of player. So if you know if and then you still want to look to get someone who's going to be fighting for that number nine place with Callum Wilson, um, because you've got to look at you know. The fact that Callum Wilson was top goal scorer last year with eight goals and he was out of, out for what a third of the season, pretty much. That that's you know we've got to get more of a, a goal threat within the squad. You know we we, we just we discussed it last week that Joe Willock hasn't you know didn't have a season like he did when he first came on loan where he was scoring pretty much every game. But we always knew that was was going to be the case as well. So you know I think it's a, it's a good one to get him in develop him and work with him take him forward and see where he is in three four five years but I think if if we bring him in I still think that we would need another forward player to to go with him sort of thing because you know the one good thing that the, the lads mentioned and it could be just the fact he's, this has been found out because he's had five different managers since he's been there is he's versatile now what a lot of people have said is you know, if we were going to go and get a winger, get a winger that can play in numerous positions or something like that. So he's been said that he can play anywhere along the front line. So yes, that's a fantastic strength of his ball that if he can, you know, he can play anywhere we would need him to play. So if, as we discussed, if is he a replacement for Almond? Everyone said, yeah, you'll probably take that. Is he a replacement for Wilson? No, I think people would prefer Wilson over him at this moment in time. But that's not to say that he could replace him in a few years' time. Or stand in from if he was to get injured, he still got that extra option rather than just having to rely on Chris Wood. So I, I still think you know get him up obviously as long as you don't pay over over the odds for him, uh, I think it'll be a good sign for the future for definite. I, I got the opinion from Pete and um, uh, and Justin that he would probably be better off playing just off the front the front man. Uh, certainly from Justin, he talked about him not being a like for like replacement for Callum Wilson and, and playing off the left. And actually, if anyone watched him last night against Birmingham, yes, they both alluded to the fact that he didn't have a good game and they gave reasons why. And one or two in the chat have mentioned that he didn't have a good game. I think Newcastle fans were watching him very, very closely last night in the Birmingham game. But, um, you know, the, the bits that I saw of him, he played very, very well off the left. Um, he came off the side of the forward line and liked to link the play. I think his stats proved that. And look, we looked at the defensive stats, but I could bring up in a second, and I may well do, his other stats in the way which he plays, his passing, um, he, he, you know, his dribbling, his ability off the, sorry, on the board is very, very good. And he almost strikes you as that link player, not the Callum Wilson type player. Um, and, and that's the kind of vibe that I get from him, and, and I think Justin and Pete, to a certain extent, kind of, um, kind of alluded to that fact, uh, and that's maybe what, what anyhow, uh, and the team are bringing him in for. Um, look, we've got over five hundred watching. 
tonight on the channel. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, just click that thumbs up. Uh, click the thumbs up just to show your support for the channel. The thumbs up means that it goes out there to more people to be able to watch the channel, to see what type of content we bring, to see the guests and the likes of Charlie and and one other that's in the green room that we'll bring in in a second. Uh, I have to say about all things Newcastle United. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't already, click that thumbs up. If you haven't already as well, click that subscribe button. We are very, very close to uh, four and a half thousand subscribers on the way to 5K uh, in just over a year, which is fantastic. Um, and we will continue to build as we go along. But look, um, we're, I'm going to bring in uh, the main man who is slightly late, but has good reason to be. Um, and I want to get his thoughts on Jao Pedro as well. So welcome in, Jordan Cronin. How are you doing? Hello, you Jordan. All right. Hey, Jordan. He's kept, us, he's kept us waiting there. I was falling asleep. <laughs> uh, Hold on, we, we were falling waiting for you, Jordan. <laughs> yes, so, so, yeah, so it's, no, uh, no, you know, we have to endure each week, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the master and the apprentice are united yeah, yeah. on the screen. It's, it's we are, well, me, me and Joan, I don't know if anybody um, seen when I was on Steve's show a few months ago, me and Joan actually go way back, back in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 days, Jordan, don't we? So yeah, I have came we've came a long way since then. I've been um, <laughs> yeah. at age twelve and, and playing college. Yeah. Yeah. Zombies, whatever well, I used to be. Well, funny enough, um, I'll, I'll share with the audience. Like, obviously, I used to work on a construction site before I even thought about um, getting involved with sports writing and stuff. And Jordan did my course before me, and so I actually reached out to Jordan. I think I was like having me break one one day on the building site, fed up, didn't want to dig holes no more. Seen Jordan rocking, I think I'd love to do that. So I messaged him, and you know, throughout the course, I've reached out a number, number of times, a number of times, and he's always been willing to help. So, mass respect, Jordan. Cheers, brother. No, I appreciate it, mate. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. See, you've obviously graduated <laughs> from, from uni now, do, doing stuff for Chronicles. So, just keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing a, doing a sterling job. Um, Cheers, brother. Much appreciated, man. <laughs> Hello, lads. Thank you, United Show again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is. And I'm sure you've been discussing even more over, is it Modern Warfare 2, October? No, man, them, them days are done. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get time these days. Get time <laughs> well. Too busy, no, too busy. Yeah, too but busy. Um, look, Jordan, uh, welcome in, as always. Uh, we've had a fantastic chat around uh, Jean Pedro. We had the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Uh, the Watford fans give us a fantastic insight on... Jao Pedro, you might have missed a chunk of that before before they left, but I just wanted to get your opinions. Like, first of all, what do you know about the deal with regards to Jao Pedro? You know, how is it progressing in your eyes from what you can see? Um, thank you, Stephen, for your donation for Power Forty Nine. Thank you, as always. Um, but also, you know, you know, do you think he's the type of player that Newcastle United need right now? In your opinion? Yeah, so on the first point, as it's, as it's been widely reported, obviously a, a bid went in, I think, around 20 million rejected. Um, Newcastle are going to put in a, a second bid. Watford's stance has always been that he's he's not for sale, but um, Newcastle are, seem encouraged that they can't can do a deal, so there will be a second bid going in at some point, probably probably by the end of the week, to be honest. Um, and then we'll see what Watford do from there. In terms of the player himself, um, I would have liked to have listened to what the Watford lads had to say, because I'll be honest, I'm not too clued up on the player himself. I can only go what I've seen 
uh, of him at St James's in, in January, and he was he was a menace to be honest. Um, and when he he was he got an altercation with a with a few Newcastle players, um, had a little dive about as well. Obviously scored in the last minute uh, for that equaliser and end up uh, shushing the Gallagher. So um, I suppose <laughs> from from that sense, he's probably one of them players that you'd probably hate to play against, but love to have on have on your team. Um, but look, it it it, it fits a, it fits us the profile that we're that's probably emerging now in terms of the type of player Newcastle are looking for. So if you look at the links, they've been uh, the players have been linked with attacking wise over the last few weeks. Um, you know, they had uh, Hugo Atiki, who is a player that can play uh, in the in the central role on the wing. You've then got um, Ramos as well uh, from Benfica, who can also play as sort of a centre forward and in a, in a wide position, I, I believe. Um, and then in terms of the age as well, uh, Armando Broja from from Chelsea, only twenty, I believe. Hudson Adoy is another one, so you can see the type of player Newcastle are looking for in that department now. That they, they, they don't necessarily want an experienced. Uh, play out to come in and, and, and compete for that front line. They almost just want someone that can potentially is understudy to, to Callum Wilson or someone that can, if Callum Wilson gets injured, he can fill in at, at, uh, in, at centre forward or they can play on the on the wing. So it certainly looks like I say there's an option where they can play in a, in a couple of positions. So say there's there's a theme there's a theme building there. There's uh, Newcastle want young players that can grow with the, with the football club. Um, so yeah, certainly on the certainly on the Pedro deal, it, it seems well, there's one one to watch. Um, will it get done? It all depends on on Watford's stance. But um, look, he ticks as I say, he ticks a lot of boxes. Being his age, and the fact that he's Brazilian as well, which um, look uh, over the last few, well, certainly over the last few months, few years, um, we've seen a lot of names and a lot of links to Brazilian players, uh, South American players. Obviously, we've, we've got a couple of ourselves at the minute with. With Bruno and uh, and Joe Linton, so it's a market that Newcastle are, are looking in. Clearly, Eddie Howe's obviously impressed by the player himself. I can't, to be honest, I can't tell you too much about him. So yeah, the the Watford lads have probably already done that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in terms of of the deal where it stands, uh, yeah, a second bid will be going in, and we'll just have to wait and see what what happens there. See if Newcastle can can get a, can get a deal done. But I say uh, he isn't the only player that Newcastle are, are looking at. I say we're in the it's two weeks today and or two weeks tomorrow until the transfer window shuts. Um, there's inquiries galore at the minute. You see from the from the Chelsea news as well. I think there's probably about four or five players in Newcastle are interested in at Chelsea, um, which has obviously been wide, widely documented as well. So it's going to be a busy busy air. Newcastle are pushing uh, to to fill that attacking or strengthen the attacking attacking line. That's why me and Daz are wearing blue tonight, Jordan, because all the links to Chelsea it may be a little bit of a good <laughs> omen for us. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, but look, look, it's like I say, Chelsea because it, it, uh, almost in, in football in terms, it wouldn't make sense for Chelsea to loan a player at Newcastle because I think, in a way, you're helping them build a project where they almost want to be on par with Chelsea. Um, but look, there's clearly a good relationship between between the two clubs. We obviously seen Amanda Stavely and uh, Murda Gadusi at Stamford Bridge on on Sunday, so there's clearly a relationship building there. So. I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a Chelsea player walk through the door uh, before the before the end of the transfer window. Look, let's stick with that that chat because it, it moves nicely onto the next section, which was the Chelsea quartet. Really, uh, is that those boys um, that Chelsea have uh, that, that Newcastle are apparently looking quite closely at from Chelsea? 
is one of the the four, or maybe more of the four. You got Conor Gallagher, you got Callum uh, Callum Hudson Adoy, you've got Christian Pulisic, and you've got Amanda Broja. Um, you know, from, from from that point of view, you know, you've got four, in my opinion, top players there um, that Newcastle United uh, are potentially been linked with. Um, you know, what I want to know from you guys is that, you know, if we were to, and it's been rumoured to, that potentially we could pluck maybe two of those players, maybe get one on loan, maybe get another um, on, a, on a transfer fee. Is it, in your opinions, what two players would you go for? Um, so, like, Baz, I'll start with you. You know, what two players, if you were given the opportunity out of that four four players from Chelsea, what four would you, what two would you go for? Okay, this is going to sound anyone that saw the show the other night. This is that press, press repeat. Uh, so, yeah, the two for me are, and, and the reasons why I go for them are uh, Conor Gallagher, and he's the one I'd pay the transfer fee for because I think. Uh, Get, getting the, my next player that I'm going to suggest, we, we wouldn't be able to afford him. Uh, so I, I paid the fee for Conor Gallagher. I think, uh, and as I said the last night, uh, he's 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 been outstanding anytime I've seen him uh, playing for Crystal Palace and so on. But uh, the only time he, he, he didn't play well is when we, we, we played against us. We, we seemed to, to keep him quiet that 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 night. Um, so I'd, I'd I'd buy him, and if if it was. I know the, t- the fee mentioned was around forty million, uh, a bit steep, but yeah, I I I take him at, at that. And then the, the other player I bring in on loan is a player that Man United were looking at the, the, today as well. But uh, if, as Jordan says, uh, if if the, if Chelsea are, are scratching their head with doing a, a loan deal with Newcastle, they definitely won't do one with Man United. Um, but uh, yeah, so I bring in Christian Pulisic, and the reason why as well, I don't think we'd be able to afford his transfer fee. Uh, this season, unless there was a loan to buy, uh, and because uh, I think the bottom was like 58 million from Dortmund originally, uh, but then the whole marketing side of, of uh, Christian Pulisic being that the uh, US, USA captain going to the World Cup and Darren uh, Earls get uh, coming in and now wanting to break into the American market, wanting to, to put, put uh, um have um, fans in the USA wearing wearing Newcastle kits and going over for our, our uh, tours and everything like that. So there, there's the, the two I bring in and uh, bringing in the pay, paying a decent loan fee and even paying these wages for Christian Pusey would pay off if, if you consider all those factors uh, into it. So uh, it's it's a no brainer for, for me. And he's a good player. He's a decent player and he can, uh, can play on the wing. That's okay. me. No, uh, obviously gave your opinions on Monday, I think, with the Magpie channel. Mm. Chris, your opinions, who were the two that you would target um, if uh, we were able to pluck those players away from Chelsea? Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I've passed opinion on this before, but I don't think it was on Monday on the Magpie channel, so I don't know whether we spoke about it previously, because I, I, I seem to remember saying I would sign Brozier permanently and I would bring Gallagher in on loan, but to be fair... I don't think Pulisic and Hudson Azoi were on the table at that point in terms of the question. So, out of the four, for me, no, 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 no question about it. Pulisic is the main one out of the four. I think he's he's the one who's the most talented. I mean, if we if we got Pulisic, I think I think he's different level. Um, so for me, I was I was always pick Pulisic. Given the given the whole argument around the wages, and let's not forget, you know, he hasn't got the best injury record. Um, that is a concern. So I'd probably I'd probably get Pulisic in on loan. 
um, just to see how that went and obviously see if there's a deal to be done at the end of the season. Obviously, he's on, so we're led to believe, um, north of 150 grand a week, which would obviously break our wage structure. But if you bring someone in on loan, then players can't really argue because they're in on loan and it's just, you know, their wages are what their wages are or whether we can negotiate, you know, a, a smaller percentage with Chelsea. Um, but in terms of a striker, I've, I've been... I've been I've been praising um, Armando Brogia, um pretty much <laughs> since about three or four appearances in for Southampton. I just think I just think he ticks loads of boxes. Great age, tall, strong, powerful, quick. I just think he he, he ticks a lot of boxes. And again, his age. I think he I think he's twenty twenty one, so he's only going to get better. And yeah, I think you could probably pick him up for anywhere between twenty twenty five million. So I, I that is personally who I go for, Pete. I'd try and get Pulisic on loan. Um, I try and get Pulisic on loan, and I would try and sign Brozier. Um, because I think I made a controversial comment about Gallagher saying that I don't know. You did, yeah, I caught you as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's your opinion. It's your opinion. Yeah, it's not I'll, 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 do you know what, Dad? Just in case anyone's missed it, I'll say it again. I think we've gone beyond Conor Gallagher. I'll be honest. Like, I he did fantastically well at West Brom. He did fantastically well at Crystal Palace, and I'm not saying we're too big for him. All I'm saying is, when you're getting linked with the likes of Madison and um, Pequeta, they're different level to Conor Gallagher. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I feel. But when you're talking about the likes of Pulisic and then Callum Hudson Odoi, this was a player who was linked with Bayern Munich not all that long ago. And you know, they Bayern Munich aren't soft. They're not gonna they're not gonna approach a player and tr- uh, try to pay him over a hundred grand a week for no reason. Um, and I think he's probably just been a little bit unlucky in terms of the manager changes, in terms of not playing regularly for Chelsea and maybe not being loved as much. You know, he, he ended up being a bit of a Victor Moses for Chelsea. You know, he started playing right wing back. And Callum Hudson is always not a right wing back. You know, he, he should be playing up top. That's where he's dangerous. That's where people spotted him. That's where his threat is. Um, so in that order... Broja to sign, Pulisic loan, if not Callum Hudson Adoy. And I'm not saying I wouldn't take Gallagher, but he would probably be my last choice. Chris, can I just come back at you there? Uh, and uh, in relation to Gallagher, um, okay, Madison, you're going to need 80 million to get him. Uh, and Lucas Fuqueta, we don't know because Jordan didn't ask any how the question in the press conference last day. Like, gave him one, we all tuned job, in, didn't we? One we job, all and he didn't ask him. So, uh, that was sorry. not impressed, Jordan. That was <laughs> really not impressed at all. I had to play it safe. I had to play it safe this week. Um, I, okay. after, I annoyed, after annoyed him last Another week, chance. I we're doing that again. So, I had to, I had to stick to injuries this week. Um, give us a couple of weeks. I'll start asking some uh, some proper questions again. <laughs> Good stuff. Look, Richie, we didn't get a chance to ask you your opinion on this. Obviously, uh, you weren't able to make it on the Monday. But in your opinion, is your is your options for for the potentially any one of those four Chelsea players different to what Daz and what Chris has said, or? Are you the same mindset of the similar type of players? I think. I think first of all, what we've got to say is we'd probably take any two of the four if we're in the. You know, do you know what I mean? So beggars can't be choosers. Do you know what I mean? So uh, another thing we have, another thing we have to bring up though, because I've seen a lot of it going on, on Twitter. People are saying, "Oh, let's just go and loan Pulisic and loan Gallagher, whatever." You can only have one loan from each Premier League club, so that's never ever going to be an option just for anyone who's unsure, and that you can only loan from one Premier League club. Each, um, for me, I think the best player, hands down, out of the out of the four is Pulisic. Um, hands down, he's got the experience from when he, you know, obviously, he's national team captain for the USA team. 
He's played at Borussia Dortmund at the highest level, Champions League, Bundesliga. Uh, um, he's, we know he's won the Champions League with Chelsea. He's got Premier League experience. He's hands down the best player that Chelsea have got who are possibly willing to let them go. I think it's good news that they, that Chelsea don't want to let Man United get him because obviously it's strengthening possibly what you class as a direct rival now. Whereas Newcastle, you know, they're probably more to do business with us because we're not classed as a direct rival, rival as yet. So, you know, that, that's a, 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 that's probably the one out of the four that I would definitely go for. I think if you're looking on the other three, I think Broge is obviously, he's, as, as a few others have mentioned, he's a bit like the same sort of mould as Pedro. He's still developing as a player full stop. So, you know, you, you could get him in as a, as a development and possibly, you know, he's probably one of the more realistic ones you could probably buy. Uh, you know, if you look at the costs and stuff like that. Um, you look at Gallagher, fantastic two seasons at West Brom and Crystal Palace. Um, but I think what we need in midfield is a creative midfielder. And I don't think he necessarily fits that more. As you know, as Daz mentioned, we've had, you know, the link, you know, the Madison links and stuff like that. He's not in that sort of mould. I see more of a you know, a number eight, box-to-box, skillful, a bit more of a better version of probably what you could probably say is something like Sean Longstaff. Yeah. So not necessarily what we need at this second in that midfield, especially when you've got, you know, the strength and the, you know, the of Joe Layton and he's box-to-box and you've got Bruno who can pretty much do anything in that midfield. So you, I think you des- you know, to play a Bruno where they realistically want to play him, you need a creative player in that midfield and he doesn't really tick those boxes. So the other one for me would probably be Callum Hudson Odoi. Literally, you know, you, you've seen what skills he had a couple of years ago. Yes, he had he's had a few injury worries and stuff like that going for uh, the last couple of seasons, and he's fell out of favour. As we've said on you know numerous different shows before with different players, when p- people like teams like Bayern Munich are looking to buy you, that do, that means you must be a player of at least a certain standard. And for me, getting him back on the pitch regularly. Once again, working with a, a coach like Eddie Howe that seems to get the best out of everyone, I think it would be fantastic. And bear in mind, he's, we said his age, he's, what, he's just turned 21, I think. So, he's you know, he's already Premier, Premier League experienced and he's still technically, you know, age-wise, he can develop with the club and he's one for the future going forward. So, for me, out of the two, it would be Pulisic and it would be Callum hudson Interesting. Two, two attacking wingers. Uh, as your as your options uh, in in from the, the I just players. think we, we need a, we need a vast overhaul of the front three and technically the only one we've got as a goal threat out of the three is Callum Wilson on a on a day on a game to game basis. Uh, yeah. Almiron, you know, he scored one goal last season and then obviously uh, Miggy, sorry, ESM hasn't really d- done much goal threat wise at all really last season as well. So it's we need something a bit more, you know. As a threat on a game-to-game basis, rather than just you know one every you know five, six, ten games sort of thing. Yeah, I mean ASM. He got ten goal contributions last season, which is the best he's had since he's been at Newcastle. But like you just said, Christian Pulisic or Callum Hudson-Odoi would, would would certainly stretch him for that. That they would at least push him for those type of contributions within a season if they were to sign in the next couple of weeks. There's no doubt about it. So it's an interesting and different type of perspective um, because you've gone for two of the similar type of positional players. But like you've said, we need a revamp of of, of that attacking third. Um, And I think everyone 
would agree with. We need some attacking impetus there. Look, Charlie, I'm going to come with you with a different type of question here. Is that, you know, I'm going to come with you specifically about Christian Pulisic because for me, he's my number one choice. I would love him at Newcastle United for the reasons that, that Richie said. And, and I think, you know, he he would be the player that would improve our f- first 11 instantly. Um, but there's been talk that Man United have been interested in with him today. And there's been links that saying that Manchester United are interested in. Sky have said, you know, there's interest from Man United, but Chelsea might not want to sell or, or loan Christian Pulisic to Man United. But... Um, a Manchester United a better option than Newcastle United at the moment? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that was a little bit of a left field one, the deal, wasn't it? With Christian Pulisic going to Man United. It's almost like Man United. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that game show that's on at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I think Ryland hosted when people are just running through running through the supermarket dash or something it's called. And they're just, <laughs> and they're just, supermarket and, sweep, and, is it? Supermarket sweep. Still classic. You don't remember the original supermarket suite with Dale oh, Winton. Dale Winton. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm too young. I'm too young. But uh, that's what Man United are sort of doing in the transfer market. The, the link with every Tom, Dick and Harry. But um, Christian Pulisic, the, the question beforehand when he was asking with, like, who the lads would prefer, that was going to be my answer. I've seen Christian Pulisic, you know, like, a lot on, on the Teddy watching Chelsea and he can have a game where he's absolutely electric and then he can have a game where he sort of blows a little bit hot and cold. I don't know how old he is. I think he's up to 24, 25. So he's still a young player, really. Yeah. And I think with Chelsea, he's, he's in and out the team. He's not getting a sort of a run of games consistently where, you know, the manager's going to back him. We all know what Eddie Howe can do as a coach. And this season in particular with Raheem Sterling, I mean, Hudson Adoy and Pulisic are gonna they're gonna be looking to leave. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sort of wrote of this. I've, I don't claim to be all known or anything, but the, the sort of the noise coming from like London would be that that Hudson Adoy would be the easier deal to do. Chelsea are, are sort of supposed to be a little bit unsure whether to let Pulisic go, but they'd be more open to letting Hudson Adoy leave. Hudson Adoy, I think he only started ten games for Chelsea next uh, last season. Then obviously he's a boyhood Chelsea fan, but sort of the, the faint noises is that he's sort of coming round to the idea of, of leaving his boyhood club. Interesting. I, this is why I wanted to get your opinion on it because it, it's an interesting situation uh, with kind of with both of those players. And look, I'm, I'm going to come on to a different question for you, Jordan, um, is that, you know, we've talked about the Chelsea players and, and you know, Richie and one or two others have alluded to the fact that you know we, we can't we can't kind of discard any of those players because of, of the fact that they're quality players. But one of the things that's been alluded to the fact is that how much money they're currently earning at their current club, and Newcastle United have been very very particular in terms of they are sticking to to their their wage structure. Now, um, there was a comment from Mad, Mad Mark um, and said Pulisic is on around £150,000 a week. How much would Chelsea... <laughs> £150 a week. You want to do break a break him in on that. Yeah. 
I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was because we'd be able to afford him no problem at all. But £150,000 a week, how much would Chelsea support or facilitate a loan move for us? Now, look, I'll, I'll go back to Callum Hudson-Odoi and, you know, I'll get, I want your opinions on this, uh, Jordan, as well. Is it Callum hudson Adoy is on £120,000 a week. Now, at twenty in, in his early 20s, He's on more money than any other player at Newcastle United right now. So he already breaks our wage structure. Now, you're looking at Christian Pulisic on 150 grand a week, and that goes way beyond our structure. Now, you know, the question says, it says, how much would Chelsea support to facilitate the loan move to us? Now, in your opinion, would you want to break the wage structure that Newcastle United currently have in place to ensure that that level of quality player comes through the door? Or would you be, you know, methodical and strict on your mindset of that Newcastle have to stick to their wage structure to in order to appease the rest of the squad? What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. Very, very good question. Um, but not just addressing the, the, the wages first. I don't think Chelsea would have an issue with um, paying a, a part of his wage, to be honest. Um, you know, you, you might look at it and think, oh, Newcastle will have to pay, or I'll have to cover all of that, but I don't think they will. Um, but if they had to, I probably would be in favour of it because, look, he's, he, he comes into Newcastle's team and, and he, he's only a class above, if you like, and, and, and improves that forward line uh, ridiculously. Um, so I'd I'd be in favour of, of of covering the the full wages because there's there's going to come a time where Newcastle will have to to pay that money for players and look at the minute they're doing it the right way because they're not they're not they're not splashing the cash if you like in terms of or even the transfer window and on wages as well they're doing it in a very measured way. Um, but there will come a time where say you know, in a few years time when you know Newcastle touch wood hopefully do. You know, qualify for Europe and then look to push on for those titles. They're going to have to sign that sort of big, another big signing where they will have to pay their top dollar wages. Um, just, what's, just what's, what's Trippier? What's Trippier pulling in? Trippier's pulling in about that, anyways. Uh, Peter well, Pink, isn't he? I apparently, think... apparently, Kieran Trippier is. I think he's around 110 grand a week. Was he? So, like, yeah. so he, so he is the most expensive. In terms of how much we pay out for wages, which mm-hmm. look, if if you believe the media in January, and look, Jordan, you're on the shows in the front of the transfer show in the build up to that. Um, you know, there was talk that Trippier was asking for 180, 140, 150 grand a week. Actually, he's on 110 grand a week, and actually, it's around the same mark of wages. In fact, the exact same wage that he was on at Atletico Madrid. So he hasn't deeded. He he invested his his himself to Newcastle United. You know, would it take someone like Callum Hudson Odoi to go? You know what? I was on 120 grand at Chelsea to sit on the bench, but actually, if I'm at Newcastle, would I drop my wage to show that I deserve to play every week? To then maybe, if he performs in a season and we buy him on a on a let's say on a permanent deal, yes, I then go to that sort of amount. To, to challenge some of the best players because I, you know, my potential deserves that. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are there. 
Yeah, so just just on Trippier, and I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think this is the case. So I think he's on a base of uh, £100,000 a week, and then he gets appearance fees on top of that. Um, so it could be like appearance fee £20,000 a week or a game, or whatever, and then obviously that adds on to the to the hundred thousand pound. I think the same goes for for Bruno as well. I think Bruno's a, a quite a quite a big big earner. Um, but yeah, the the the, the Hudson, on Hudson the die. Um, I, I'm not I'm not too sure on 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 that deal. I, I'm I'm in favour of the the player coming, but in terms of and this might just be like a, a really poor outside view. But is there is there an attitude sort of Issue there with the player potentially, and look, he's he's twenty one. He's he's earning. He said there one hundred and twenty thousand pound a week. Does does he feel like he or does he feel like he wants to or he has to take a take a wage cut? He, does he feel he can go European uh, go in Europe elsewhere and get a get a get the same wage or whatever? Um, so it just depends. I, I think if you're looking at Hudson Adoy at this current moment, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a loan deal. Um, and for me, if Newcastle do a loan deal with Chelsea with Hoods, uh, for Hoods and a die, I believe Chelsea will pay part of the wages. Um, so yeah. Yeah, if I was earning 120 grand a week at 21, I would not be on this podcast today. I'm laughing here, but then I feel offended by that. What's going on? No, I'd, on be, I'd be in a beef somewhere just living it. <laughs> you be no look, come on. Let, let, let let's be real here. You're being a beefer on the beach, somewhere somewhere drinking a couple of couple yeah. of beers or whatever, but you'd still be you, you still have a Mac in front of you and you still be on a pod with this, but you'd be living Wait. the high life with the I'd be lucky to see twenty two people put it up here. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um Always, always a good, good chat and good laugh. But look, I I want to move on to a couple of other players um, very, very quickly because again, a couple of these players have been uh, hot in discussion. And look, Jordan, I'll start with you. Um, you know, he, as far as I'm aware, in the chat, he scored again tonight in the Champions League. Um, uh, in in the qualifying rounds, we've been keeping a very very close eye on him. Uh, I have in particular um, because I really really rate this player. Um, Goncalo Ramos um, was kind of alluded to the fact that he was almost going to be a done deal at one point, and that Newcastle were just ready in a bid that we're going to put a bid in, and it was going to be accepted. Wolves have now come into the equation. There's been talk about potentials of we're waiting until the qualifiers of the Champions League are out the window before we make the signing. Look, what are your opinions? What are your what is your knowledge on Goncalo Ramos? What is the update from your perspective on things um, with regards to him potentially signing for Newcastle United? Yeah, so there's there's not much change from from last week. To be honest, I know I know the interest is is still there. Um, whether a bid, an official bid goes in remains to be remains to be seen. But it's a player that Newcastle really, really do do like. Um as I mentioned last week as well, obviously Eddie Howe seen the player first hand in, in, in pre-season, um, scored against Newcastle and then the form he showed in the competitive games, particularly in the Champions League as well, obviously scored a hat against uh, Mitchell and then 
he scored he scored tonight as well. So yeah, the sources in Portugal, I see you mentioned it there, Pete, about um potentially maybe a sale could be sanctioned after uh the the play second league uh, second leg Champions League qualifier next week. Um so obviously if they get past Dynamo Kiev then that and then it's it's a bit of a it's well it, it's a lux- luxury um well the Champions League football is obviously great money. So maybe they might if they get Champions League football they might look at might look at Ramos and maybe you know sanction the, the sale. Um if they don't qualify, which I'm sure they will, but if they weren't to qualify, they might look to look to cash in anyway because um they don't have that that Champions League money. But I don't I don't think I don't think Benfica um won't qualify. I think I think we'll, I think we'll get past Dynamo yeah. Kiev. So Jordan, they're they're two nil up uh, away from home, and uh, Ramos came off after sixty three minutes. So uh, just normal sub, not injury or anything like that. As well. So it looks like they're they're safe. Are they off. preserving him? Are they preserving him, Dad? <laughs> preserving him for the second leg. I say. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? It could. It, it is. It is one that could potentially accelerate after after the second leg next week. Mm. Um, but at this moment, he's see, he's a key player for Benfica. They're, they're currently in a Champions League tie. Um, so again, yeah, it's the interest. Interest is very, very strong. Just have to wait and see what what happens on on that one. But from last week, yeah, no, no, no change really. Um, but that date, that date next week is is potentially one to watch. Yeah, um, the Wolves uh, connection probably makes it a little bit, bit a little bit more interesting if that is genuine because we all know. Wolves as links to, to Portuguese players with obviously uh, Mendes as the as a super agent if you like. Um, PSG have been interested as well, but I, you know I think they've signed enough attacking players this, this summer to to maybe uh, let Ramos go as well. Um, who are Hugo Atiki won't be getting a look in next next season if they go and sign another another forward. So um, yeah, just uh, well, yeah, the Wolves, the Wolves situation is is potentially an interesting one because of that Portuguese connection. But um, yeah, no no change at the minute. Just have to wait and wait and see after after next week when the when they play the second leg against uh, Dynamo Kiev. Surely, surely we can't let Wolves beat us to another Portuguese player again. Um, you, you, there was. Um, um, Guerres that, that eventually signed for, for for Wolves off the back of Valencia, uh, yeah. and there was talk it, it, just before that deal went went through that Newcastle were interested in him. You know, th- for me, and I'm just talking about personally. I've I've looked at this player. I've watched him play. I've seen his quality as a forward player. I think he could seriously, in my opinion, challenge Callum Wilson for starting berth because of the ability he has in the box. You know, from, from that perspective, can we really let that player just walk by at 21 years old? Well, I think Jordan mentioned it there. I mean, Wolves have sort of got the trump card, haven't they, when it, when it comes to Portuguese players? I'm not sure. Is he, is he um, Jorge Mendes, his agent? Potentially, yes. prob- yeah. probably, I'm going to say probably yeah. as he's sort of... He sort of um he's sort of monopolised every sort of top young Portuguese players and he's uh, Jorge Mendes. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I don't know too much about him, but just from the Newcastle links, looking into him, doing a little bit of research. Obviously, he played against Newcastle in pre-season. I think he averages a goal a goal every other game for Portugal's like under like youth side under 21 team, and then obviously towards the back end of last season, he was sort of rocking it for <laughs> rocking it for a team of a better word. 
Uh, for, for Benfica, so yeah, I don't really, I don't know too much about him, but he looks. He, if if I'd have said this morning, would I would rather have him or Yao Pedro before speaking to the Watford lads that came on the night, I would have said no brainer, no brainer. But speaking to them Watford lads, they sort of they have they've sort of changed your mind a little bit. And Yao Pedro, I still think we would need Yao Pedro and somebody else. We need somebody yeah. for the here and now. Yao Pedro, you, now I mentioned it before. Sort of looks like one for the future. Why not both, Charlie? I mean, we're we're Newcastle are the in the world after all, aren't they? Who knows? That, that could be a play as well. You get Pedro on, on the wing and Ramos up front. Do you not think the sort of, if going back to Ekatike, you know, the sort of the word on the street was that Eddie Howe wants a sort of younger forward. So do you reckon it would be either or? You know what I mean? Do you reckon it would be Ramos or Pedro? I don't know. I couldn't see Newcastle getting both in. That's just my opinion, anyway. No, I don't. I don't think. Well, I don't think we'll get both personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be neither or thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I've just been called James off in the chat. <laughs> Sing us a song. Sing us a song. What's going on? What's going on? No, Charlie, that's not for the first time, surely. That's not for the first going, time. What's going on? I wish I, he's, he's a smoggy for one, isn't he? He is. He is. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that is not good at all. But look, guys, um, we've, we've had a, a plethora of questions come in to the chat tonight, and it'd be rude not to answer some of those questions. Um, Chris, Pete, I was just going to see if you got the questions. I wanted to speak up something about uh, Ramos because only because we were talking about him. Um, yeah, last year, last year he scored eight goals all season. But bear in mind, he was playing second fiddle to the guy we thought we were going to go get in January, and that was Darwin Nunes, right? He's already got five and five in competitive games so far. Now playing up front as a forward, so for me, I think he's the one that could make a difference now and be for the future. I think yeah. he's the one that Newcastle should try, try and go out for. Whether it looks like they're going to progress to the Champions League uh, qualifying round, whether that's something for them, you might want to stay at Benfica another season uh, because he plays guaranteed. As he said, he, he's going to be playing Champions League football guaranteed and he's the main man now. Could that change things? Possibly, but it's one of those things. Is this one of the windows where you'd have to strike now to get him? Yeah, I think so. Look, we've, we talked about this in January. We talked about with the number of players in the summer. Is that the, the, there are certain players that are only available for a short window of time. Um, and if we want those players, we need to get them right now. Um, look, Goncalo Ramos, for me, he he is a player that I would take right now because I think he's the player that can genuinely challenge Callum Wilson. If Callum Wilson isn't having a good good game on sixty minutes, he could come on and actually could 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 actually get a goal or two. Um, what astounds me about Goncalo Ramos is his ability in the air. Yeah, if if, if you saw the goal at the weekend um, uh, away from home, uh, he, he just has this knack of in this six to nine yards out uh, in the box to be able to move in between centre-backs and just win the ball in the air at, at, at canter. Now, I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking he's doing that in the Portuguese league. If he could do that in the Premier League, he would get even more goals. The amount of balls that come in to the box and our, our players, our strikers, our midfielders that are not that don't have the ability to get onto the ball in the air, 
you know, even at even at kind of head height, he has the ability to do that. And, and for me, I just think that he is ready to really perform at a higher level. Um, and he's only had a short period because, like you said, Richie, Darwin Nunes was the main man. They thought he was going to be the main man that would take them forward. But I think his progression has been so fast, so rapid that he's ready to move on now. And you know what? Sounds really kind of out there, but he would be the kind of player that if we brought in this season, that he would potentially go toe-to-toe with the likes of Darwin Nunes in terms of goals and assists and creations in this season in the Premier League if he was playing for Newcastle United. That's just my opinion. That's just what, I, what, what I've watched of him. But uh, let's let's wait and see uh, on that. Uh, let's see how it it performs um, over the next week or two. But, uh, you know, f- without a doubt, I do not want Wolves to get hold of him uh, because mm-hmm. I think he's a supremely talented player that will only get better at 21 years old. Um, y- we- we've got a number of questions in here. Let- let's let's fly through some of these questions. Um, some really good questions, actually, uh, in-, in the start section. Yeah, uh, start off with Paul Williams. How many more uh, do you think we will sign? Personally, he thinks he'll get uh, the need for two for start 11 right wing and, and right of midfield three and a backup for Wilson. Um, if we get three this season, then really set up for success. What are everyone's lads' thoughts on that? Uh, I'll go first. I, I think they'll get That's one it. in. and I, I think they'll get one in, but I think they'll try desperately hard to get another one in. So I think... And an absolute push too. I kind of see. I kind of see we're signing three, four, five players before the end of the window. I think there'll definitely be one in, and I think they'll bust the gut to get a second. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think I think it'll be at least it'll be at least one. Um, and they'll yeah they'll absolutely push to to get a second. Uh, maybe one to watch out for as well. I think Newcastle are probably an injury away from dipping back in for another midfielder. Um, I think. It's hard to go off on, on one game, but I think if you look at the weekend, I, I don't think, and I had this argument last week, and obviously fans have their own opinions as well, but I don't think Bruno is as, as effective in that Newcastle team as a, as a deep line mid, midfielder or the or the sitting midfielder role. Um, I think we need him further forward. So um, I know Eddie Howe is quite happy and content to, to play him there, but I wouldn't be against another centre midfielder coming in, a uh, sitting centre midfielder to, to push, push Bruno back up in that. Uh, number eight rules, so uh, at least one, yeah, um, possibly two and three, three depending if if an injury occurs on that midfield again. Um, but it should be should be okay. Sort of well well stocked there with obviously Sean Longstaff, um, Joe Willock, and, and a few others as well. Like uh, Stangari from PSV, there Jordan is an example of someone uh, who were I think it's two all with Rangers in in the first leg of the qualifying as well for the Champions League. So if they didn't get through, maybe maybe he's someone that would come into play. Yep. Good shot, Pete. Numbers. What's that? How many you, do you think we get in? For me, uh, personally, uh, I I think I think at least two. I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle United bring three in. Um, uh, I think I mentioned this to Chris earlier on um, in the day, um, whether we've seen it or not. I, I, I mentioned that I think we would probably get two in, and I think we would look at potentially getting rid of a third. 
um, in terms of another player, maybe someone like Jacob Murphy, someone like that to get out of the club to bring in a third player, um, just just to bring in that level of quality up. So we've got better options off the bench. Again, uh, that that's just my opinion, but um, I think I think there's there's a potential for a lot of movement in the last couple of weeks. I I think we'll go we'll we'll get two in and we'll push for a third but um, we won't get the third in. I'll go. I'll be optimistic and go three. Or sorry, two, two and a half. Uh, <laughs> Chris, um, yeah, I I think um, I think minimum two, possibly three. Uh, I think there'll be at least one permanent deal and one loan at a bare minimum. Um, that we could we could see two loans. Um, not obviously as Richie said, not from the same club, but uh we could certainly see two loans coming in. Could even could even be a, a deal where it's a loan with an obligation to buy, perhaps. Um, who knows? But yeah, I th- I think the last I think the last week in the transfer window is going to be really, really busy. I, I think that's when you'll see a lot of movement because I think players will become available who maybe aren't available now or who clubs win expecting to be available so mm. i think there'll be some bargains to be had and i think there'll be some players who pop up and they may be put to newcastle and we go okay yeah we can do that i that that's how i see it i think it'd be minimum two possibly three um but i wanted to ask um jordan and charlie a question because again apologies if i if i've got this wrong but i remember um reading a comment i think it was on twitter and somebody said that eddie howe was quoted as saying we've got 21 men in the squad and I just wanted yeah. to know your um, your theory on that because obviously we've got more than twenty one. Um, so, do you think the likes of uh, Federico Fernandez, possibly Matt Ritchie, possibly Jamal Lewis, do you think that Eddie's kind of already written those off and gone right? They won't be continuing going forwards, or do you think it's you know there is the odd player you know like Elliot oh. Anderson who doesn't count as a squad player? And maybe we've got, you know, because we've got a couple of injuries, like John Joe Shelby, people have already said that it's a strong possibility John Joe Shelby won't be included in the squad because he's he will possibly only make one or two games before we break up for the World Cup. Um, how how did you lads uh, take take that news or take that speculation? So, yeah, just to, just to clarify what was, what was said, because I was in the press conference at the time, so he got asked a question about, uh, the squad, and he, he said there was currently uh, 21 to 22 players training. Um, right. With, because, and then that's obviously excluding the lads that have been injured. So I think off the top of my head, there's, there's been five players injured. There's mm-hmm. a John, John Joe Shelby, Matt Targets uh, on that list now. Uh, Federico Fernandez, Jamal Lewis, they've returned to training now, but last week there hadn't been. Um, and there's a few others as well. So what you were saying in that is they've consistently, on average, had 21 to 22 players training, um, and he was happy with with that number. But yeah, in terms of the the 25 man Premier League squad, the, the Eddie Howe always talks about having the group he's got now. He's really really happy with, and I think that's why the target in in terms of a striking position, a younger player who doesn't doesn't have to be registered with the 25 man squad because he falls under that under 21s bracket. Um, I don't think he wants to cut many from the 25-man squad. Who he'll cut? I, I, I think I counted up the other day and he only actually, only actually have to cut about two players, I think, mm-hmm. um, if you add it all up. And mm-hmm. I think probably the obvious one, I think, at the minute would be 
would probably be a, a maybe a Federico Fernandez, um, possibly, because they've got they've got plenty of cover there now. But I know he really really rates Federico Fernandez in terms of his uh, behind the scenes stuff and how big he is off the off the pitch. But there's some really obvious ones you cut from that squad as well, like to Matty Longstaff, who's training with the, with the first team currently. He'll not be he'll not be here. Um, he'll go out on loan at some point over the next few weeks. Um, Jamal Lewis as well. What what do you do with Jamal Lewis? Because mm. Look, we are, like I, personally, I like Jamal Lewis, and I think there's a player in there. But the the, the lad hasn't kicked the ball properly in, in nine months or whatever it is. Or sorry, the the eight months. Sorry. Um. So do you look at that and go look? We'll loan we'll loan him out, and hopefully can have a good season elsewhere, and then we can, he can come back next summer and and, and reassess him, or maybe he will include him in the in the, in the 25 man squad. So, um, if you look at it as a whole, there's not many that many decisions to make in terms of who makes his 25-man squad, unless they are to go and sign a couple of more players. Um, and then that's what I mean in terms of the attacking position. That's why I think you're seeing a theme where they, they, they want to target under-21s players. And you know we've seen that over the last uh, few few weeks in terms of uh, João Pedro, who wouldn't have to be registered. Uh, Bojo as well, who wouldn't have to be registered. Um so yeah, there's, there's there's a theme developing there because I don't think he wants to cut many from the from the squad, but ones that he will have to cut, I don't think there'll be that many big big decisions to be honest. I saw one point that might have been an interesting. You mentioned about the, the uh, 25 man squad the other day, and it was I can't remember who I saw mention it, but they were actually saying that there's a possibility because of the World Cup when it is and how long the injury potentially is that they might do uh, with John Joel Shelby what they did with Isaac Hayden. Because of how long that injury is out for, and then how li- how little playing time there is after the World Cup, they might to create an extra space if needs be, just let him rest for the rest of the, this year and bring him back in the new year. I don't know whether you'd heard anything about that. No, we well, Eddie Howe got asked about that last week, um, and the journalists in the room expect them to say, "No, you won't be, you won't be including the twenty-five man squad because once the the." the uh, Premier League season resumes there's only two games before that uh, where it opens back up again in January where you can you can play however basically um, because the registration's back open um, but Eddie Howe said he, he was at this stage he was going to he was going to include John Joe Shelvin in his 25-man squad which yeah. to me doesn't doesn't make too much sense because you know you'll have him back for two games over Christmas um, which just, it just depends how, how he views the squad maybe there's just players in the, in the current set that he just doesn't doesn't want the name in and doesn't doesn't fancy them, so we'd just be better off just naming Shelby for for you know a maximum of two games. Don't, personally, I don't think that makes sense, but um, I'm not going to sit here and, and criticise Eddie Howe for that. He knows he knows better. Um, he knows that he sees the players every day. He works the players every day, um, so he, he'll have a rough idea of, of who's going to who's going to make that 25 man squad. Hmm. I actually wrote my 25 man squad about a month ago, so I'm glad Jordan answered first because it gave me a time to go through all the notes on my phone trying to find it <laughs> and the four I left out was Gillespie Watts Dummett and Long, uh, Matty Longstaff because Matty Longstaff now he's 22 so he's no longer a homegrown player but this was based on Richie Murphy and Fernandez sort of scraped in they were the ones where like if a new signing if more new signings came in they would be Damn. the ones missing out so there, there is there is room to sort of wriggle there. There is going to be uh, a few unhappy campers. I wouldn't be surprised to see a few outgoings before uh, before the end of the window. Maybe there's a few surprises. You know, there's been talk of Martin Duplavka as well. I think if anybody's going to sort of 
clubs like kick up a fuss because they're not getting in the team. I could see like the likes of Richie and, and Fernandez. I could see them sort of not being so like as much as Dubravka. I mean, Dubravka, you know, he wants to play. His agents came out not long ago and said he wants to play. Obviously, him and Nick Pope are sort of fighting now. Nick Pope seems to have cemented himself as, as Eddie Howe's first choice goalkeeper. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dubravka um, possibly loaned out or, or, or on his bike before the end of the window. Or, or Darlow, uh, as well as one I mentioned before. And I know, uh, I think Man United are sniffing around the Leeds keeper um, as well. So if, if that happens, they'll definitely need to bring in a keeper. Yeah, definitely. Interesting one here, Mad Mag Mark. Um, one I wanted to discuss as well, uh, Leicester Mercury. You're right. I've read the Leicester Mercury on a daily basis for those Newcastle United uh, little snippets. Um, uh, said that uh, Newcastle on a buy, buy now, pay later for James Madison was verging on offensive <laughs> with reports of a 20 million fee uh, uh, upon a further 25 million paid later. Were Leicester City too demanding? Interesting question there. Uh, for anyone, anyone really that wants to answer that question, you know, Jordan, Charlie, Richie. Does uh, um, uh, Chris, what, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they were too demanding on that that kind of question on James Madison? I mean, it would be a bit mad. It would be a bit mad, wouldn't it, from a Leicester point of view, as a Leicester fan, as a Leicester owner, like you know Newcastle, and um, with the sort of wealth that they've got behind them now, want the sort of almost like a I or you a player sort of thing, but obviously. That's the way payments sort of go these days, you know, like structured payments are sort of commonplace in the Premier League. Um, I do think that is a bit of a, would be a bit of a low ball offer. I mean, uh, it's been mooted that Leicester are wanting around, of, their price tag was around 60, 70 million for Madison. So I think that would be, I think that would just get knocked back. The the, the, the bid that got knocked back anyways was, was around that fee, wasn't it? So I couldn't see them going anywhere near that. For me, that 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 that's that's a low ball offer. Uh, it, it it is a bit insulting to tell you the truth. I I I uh, again, if I was playing football manager, I'd reject that straight away as well. Uh, so uh, I I can understand. Yeah, I think Glenn Rogers said that um, the offer that Newcastle put in would be able to buy his left leg, didn't he? So yeah. and that was around that, and that was around forty-five million. Does anyone think that that? Newcastle United are going to go in for a third bid for James Madison because I had a conversation with um, uh, with one of my Leicester mates uh, who came around earlier on today and he he's a senior ticket holder. He goes to every single game at Leicester and he was of the mindset that, you know, Newcastle United, uh, they don't see them as a viable bid for Madison. But I said, the one thing that actually that reigns true is that with three, three key players right now um, with, with Sven Botman, we put more than one bid in to try and make sure that we got him um, with, uh, with the likes of Jao Pedro. We have now put in two bids or well, well, potentially two bids to try and get him through the door. And equally James Madison, we put in two bids there's been question mark whether there's been a third. With those three players, we're, we're, we're putting more than one bid, which tells me that Newcastle United are really, really keen on them. 
Do you think that there's a third bid incoming, or do you think that after those two bids are rejected, that's that's that that we're done with James Madison? There might there might be a third bid incoming, but I just think in terms of Leicester's valuation, I think that the two clubs are very far apart. Um, if Newcastle, sorry, if Leicester value James Madison at sixty million pound, Newcastle aren't gonna aren't gonna meet that price tag. So there's gonna have to be some leeway on on their end. Um, obviously, we spoke about this on the on the show a few weeks ago, and I, I do think Newcastle have re- received encouragement from somewhere to to lodge those bids, but yeah. have possibly been a bit um, taken back by Leicester's valuation. Um, because look, New, Newcastle aren't they aren't stupid. They aren't gonna if James Madison valued at sixty million, Newcastle aren't going to come in and bid thirty-five million. It's uh, it, you know the, it's just that that's not very enticing for for Leicester. So um, maybe they've had word that James Madison's available, put a bid in that they feel is or a starting bid that building up to a reasonable bid, um, and they've learned that Leicester's price tag is just just sky high, uh, which it is. Re- great. Think, like, that's all gone, John. No, go on, go on. You go. You go. I, I think, I think, from a Newcastle point of view as well, you've got to look at James Madison's contract situation. He's got two years left on his contract, yeah. and throughout, throughout a window, throughout this window, Newcastle have sort of they've been stubborn with their valuation of players, and they're probably looking at James Madison saying, "In twelve months down the line, he's going to have one year left on his contract. You know, he's he's not going to be. Leicester couldn't possibly demand sixty or seventy million. You look at the likes of Calvin Phillips, um, who's went this. I know obviously the different types of players, but Calvin Phillips, seasoned England international, um, he went for about 45, 50 million. James Madison's got one England cap. So logic would sort of tell you that they should ideally be valued around this, like, around the same. Obviously, with Madison being a tackling player, worth a little bit more. 12 months down the lane, Leicester, the, the sort of power's taken away from them a little bit. And that's probably sitting in the back of Newcastle's mind. Just also on Leicester, they're used to playing hardball. Look at the way what they did to Man United, getting eighty million for Harry Maguire. Uh, look at what they're doing with Wesley Fofana and Chelsea, 40, 60, 80, sold. Uh, so uh, look, they're probably just laughing at that that that, that original bid that's on screen there now, uh, and they'll try and try and push it again. But I don't think Newcastle can win the third bid, and not at that that price that that they're looking for, and that's what they'll, they'll look elsewhere. I think it's. I think as well. You know, it's it's easy, isn't it? When you read that and when you see it, and you see twenty million up front, you automatically go bloody hell, twenty million. But there is a fear for twenty five million to be paid. Now, how that's made up, we don't know. Um, but let's not forget. You know, we sold the Mayozi Perez, and they still owe us allegedly eight million from that deal. I think the this day and age, it's very rare that a club will offer the whole amount up front and go, there you go, there's forty five million, or there's fifty million, sixty million. It is always done over chunks. So if our overall first offer is, say, or sorry, our latest offer is 45 million, okay, only 20 million up front. Like, you've got to look at the overall package, haven't you? Because in two, three, four years' time, we're still going to be paying the money for James Madison. So, you know, say, for example, Leicester were interested, I don't know, in just pick someone off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, say they wanted Chris Wood and we wanted 15 million, and they said, We'll give you four million and then twelve million over the next three years, four million, you know, whatever. They they you know, they would go, Well, that's reasonable. Whereas, you know, would we look at it and go, Bloody hell, only four million up front. But it's what it pays over the course of the deal. And I think it's it's Wages. it's yeah, it's easy to see 
um, you know, different perspectives from different sides of the table. It's like Chelsea putting in the 80, well, allegedly going to put in the 80 million for Fafana. Le- Leicester aren't going to get 80 million up front for Wesley Fafana. It's not going to happen. Chelsea will probably end up paying about 30, 40 million and then it'll be 10 million a season because they, they won't put, they won't put 80 million up front for Fafana. It just won't happen. He'd be some sign of no balls, wouldn't you, James Madison? I mean, speaking more as a supporter rather than reporter, James, when the takeover happened, you know, I know we've showed up the back line and stuff, but the signings that excite you would be a James Madison, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's got more goal contributions over the past 18 months. That's English after Harry Kane. I think he's number yeah. two. And yeah. somebody like that, I think he'd you know, be different gravy, wouldn't he? I think, you know, I, I don't think the third one will come in. I think what we might see is I think we might see a potentially Newcastle making uh, a serious bid for Paqueta. And obviously there's been rumours and links and stuff like that. I think they, they wouldn't, I don't think there'll be a third one for uh, Madison. Uh, it's obviously Paul Williams has brought this up saying, uh, is Paqueta likely? I think if they weren't going for him, I think they'll go for Paqueta because I think he's a lot cheaper than what Madison would be. He fits probably more than the cost and what they want to do going forward as well. He's that creative spark that we need as well in that uh, middle of the park. Obviously, we know he can play in a few different positions as well, so it ticks a lot of boxes. So, I don't know. I, I think that that's something that's possibly more likely to happen. But what would you say on that, Jordan and Charlie? Yeah, I spoke about Paqueta last week. Um and again, I, I keep going back with it, but at the start of the summer, it, it's a player Newcastle are aware of because of his relationship with Bruno. Um, rate him as a, as a player, but always being a name that, that I've mentioned to people and, and what I've got back is, is he's not he's not on the agenda. Um, that was at the start of the summer. Whether that's changed now, I'm not too sure. Um, maybe he's sort of the, it's coming to the sort of the crunch time now where Newcastle do need to go out and, and sign someone that's gonna gonna add goals or assists to, to the, the front line and maybe because they haven't uh, acquired other targets that they've went for maybe they do look at the Bequita deal and and look at it and think yeah that, that is a deal that we can we can realistically do and one that we we're interested in now um obviously there's been lots of noises around the player um but again it's it's for over the last few weeks it, it's not it's not a name that's been given to me as as one that they're pressing ahead with to be honest so it might happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. It might happen towards the end of the transfer window, but I think ideally they probably want to sign a, a few others first or target a few others first before maybe falling back on the uh, Paqueta deal. Yeah, yeah I, de- I definitely yeah. think it's one that, it's, as you said, Jordan, sorry, Charlie, is it's going to be one that happens later in the window. If they wanted them there and then to start, it was there, what the deal was all set up, the room was all set up to do it straight away. It yeah. might be that they know what it takes to do the deal. And what they've thought is we'll you know, explore different avenues before that. And we know we've got that to fall back on if needs be, which it could be. It could be it could be a deal, I think, that could just be done like that if it was to happen. But I think you're right, Jordan, it'll be probably closer to the final win, week of the window, possibly. Yeah, well, even even if you look at the at the Bruno deal from, from Leon as well, that was done on the that was complete on the second last day of the January transfer window. So maybe it's one of them where Le, uh, Leon want to cash in. Um, and then Newcastle play play tactical and, and don't put in a don't put an offer until the the final days of the transfer window. And Leon said probably feel like they do after cashing on the on the player. So 
Um, yeah, it's one to watch in the in, in the next few weeks, or, or certainly in the in the build up to the to deadline day. But at this moment in time, I don't I don't believe he's a player that uh, is is sort of uh, prominent at the minute. Just have to uh, there's other players that they probably want to look at first before, as I say, falling back on that Paqueta deal. Because if they wanted to do the Paqueta deal, deal, they would have done it. They would have done it by now, as you mentioned there, Rich. So um, I'm not ruling it out at all. Um, but at this moment, I don't think uh, he'll be through the dawn. Unless it's the, the final days of the transfer window. Once again, Jordan says there is a chance. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Charlie, you want to get in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the Paqueta deal. You know, again, I, I think Leon are in a position of strength here. Um, he's got three years left in his contract, and the, the, the Chronicle, you know, um, we sort of reported that Leon had a like a fifty-eight million pound price tag set on him. This was at the start of the summer. So, and I think that's, I don't think Newcastle will be prepared to pay that. There was reports, I don't know how uh, reputable they are from, from France about a month or so ago, saying that they dropped the valuation down about 35 million. But um, the fact that Newcastle haven't even, there's been no sniff of Newcastle acting on that, I, I, I wouldn't really buy into that too much. I think if it would have happened, it would happen late in the window, maybe when Newcastle are still looking to make that sort of statement signing and... Leon would have to sort of curb the demand slightly. I think a lot of the hysteria over Paqueta came from the fact he was having a kick about playing heads and volleys and Bruno's back on when when the tune shirt won it. Okay. Last couple of questions. <laughs> one for Jordan, one for, one for Charlie before we wrap up the show. I just wanted to bring this one out. This was an interesting There's a couple of interesting ones. It's more just a like points to ask there. You know, Matthew's mentioned about uh, have we only got 40 million to spend? I think we've all said this for numerous weeks. We haven't got a budget. It's more if the opportunity arises at the right price, Newcastle will do the deal. And I think, you know, we've we were quoted having what 40 million to start the window, 50, it's gone up and up. It all depends on the, the right per, the right price for the right person. And Newcastle will do the deal. They've always said that on that one. And Tony Harrison just wanted to make a point that um, can anyone remember an unknown strike we side from Bristol City, a certain Andrew Cole? This was about giving uh, Pedro a chance if Newcastle got him. Uh, because obviously you looked at Andy Cole, he had potential and raw ability, and we saw what he went on to. So that was just an interesting one that uh, you know to bring up in regards to that, what we said at the start. So let's have a look, go back down the list here. Um, let's have a look. Jordan, and well, I'll go with Jordan because it was the first name on the list. Do you think Newcastle will smash the transfer record before the window? Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think they will. No, um, transfer records 40, 40 million. Saying that, yeah, no, I'd, I have to sit on the fence. I'm going to have to sit on the fence if if the if the opportunity comes up for for a player they really want, and the and the and they believe it's a it's a good fee. Then they'll they'll break the record, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, Tom, I will have to sit on the fence for that one, unless uh, unless Charlie fancies uh, coming off the fence. <laughs> what was the Charlie question? Charlie was distracted. Do you, do you think Newcastle? Do you think Newcastle will break the transfer record before the window shuts? I've said all window. I thought the, I thought the wood. I've said I've said that. I said that. I've said that from like back in. April May time, so I'm going to stick to my guns and a half glass full kind of guy. I'm going to say yes. Was it 40 million? 40 million in it. We've already been putting bids in higher than that within the past fortnight for Madison. So 
I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, Tom. Okay, and the last question here, uh, I'll start with you, with Charlie. Would you consider ESM as a make in a deal for Pulisic and Gallagher? No chance. Absolutely no way, Jose. Well, the front line is pretty toothless as, as it is, so taking the most creative spark out of that, I, I wouldn't be a fan of that, no. Plus, you'd be losing ESM and getting Pulisic. Nah, not for me. Jordan? Uh, no, I wouldn't swap St. Maxim for, for Gallagher. Um, Pulisic as much as I like the player. Uh, no, I would like I would like to see St. Maxim stay put. I think he's um, I think touch what he's got. He's got a he's got a good season uh, season in him. Stay so, you know a lot of fans have been quick to, to write St. Maxim off, but I see as I mentioned many times, let's just remember that this is a player that was uh, was the sort of the, the shining light of a, a very dark Steve Bruce era and, and you know help to keep the club up. So. Um, I wouldn't be writing St. Maximoff yet. I think I think the players earned uh, the chance to to for fans to be patient with him and you know get right behind him, which I know a lot of fans do as well. So um, I'll keep I'll keep St. Maxim and you know hope that he can he can have a, a strong season and you know show that show fans and you know us as well the, the type of player we've we've seen in, in recent seasons. Yeah, totally agree. Trolls, just want to say a huge thank you for your donations. Always appreciate everyone that donates to Charles. So thank you very much, Trolls. Yes, and also a men- uh, shout out to uh, Jens, who's become a member. Uh, obviously, yes, if, if you like what you've seen tonight, anyone, you know, don't forget to you know click the like button. It really helps get us up the uh, algorithms and, and high up the uh, Newcastle Channel charts. Uh, and also, if you've enjoyed it even so much that you consider becoming a member, like Jens, uh, there is a membership option on there for one ninety nine a month, which is greatly appreciated. Um, to be fair, uh, just just to add on to the the last part there. Um, with Alan St. Maxman, we, we we're looking at building our squad, not depleting it. So I won't be swapping a player like Alan St. Maxman for another player like Christian Pulisic. I want them both in the squad uh, because if you got one player, whether it's Alan St. Maxman coming off the bench or being subbed off for Pulisic, either way. Um, it, it, it kind of it enhances your squad and that's what we're looking at right now. We're looking at building um, a squad that's capable of um, kind of pushing for European football. So uh, that's just my thoughts on that. But look, it's been a fantastic show. Uh, well over 500 watching over the course of the, the show tonight. Um, if you haven't already, on the way out, just click that thumbs up just to support the show and give us... Um, an opportunity for others to, to see the show and, and, and how it's kind of building as a channel over the last year and a bit. Um, so if you haven't already, click the thumbs up. If you're not already, click the subscribe button to become, uh, obviously, uh, a subscriber of the channel. Um, there's, I think, a little mention on there to become a member. And obviously, we've talked about Jens uh, becoming a member tonight already. So please click that already. Um, if you haven't and become a member of Loaded Mag NUFC. Uh, look, Charlie, Jordan, massive thank you to you for joining us tonight. Uh, great chat, as always. Um, and like I said, we, we, we wanted a bit of a discussion tonight because uh, we wanted to give it a, something a little bit different. Um, do not scratch your eyes. Uh, the West, uh, The Watford podcast, absolutely spot on tonight. Um, brilliant from Justin and Pete. Uh, with their kind of opinions on on Pedro, take that 
what you will. Uh, we'll see how that develops over the next week or so. Um, but until then, um, you guys take care. And, and guys, let's, yes. let's go for the sponsors. Exactly. And, yeah, and sorry. I, I thought you forgot. Well done, you, you remembered. Um, yeah, so uh, shout out to shybarns.com and the range that Simon has. Uh, they're available, as as you know already, all t-shirts, hoodies, and also the, the, the loaded t-shirts in various different colors. Uh, so check that out. And there's a cup and a water bottle as well available to, to uh, shybarns.com. Uh, then uh, pens and prints, and a shout out to Dean and the range he has available. And uh, we all know what they have already, but as Richie said, there's a Shar one coming, incoming. So uh, we'll see that when it comes up. Uh, and also shout out to Retro and UFC and the range that he has available. And yeah, check check out the latest. Check Twitter. Check the the, the website. He's always chopping and changing there. So always keep an eye. Got a good one to, to follow if you don't follow it already. Uh, Machine House as well. Shout out to Marty. Yeah. Who's in the chat as well area as, 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 as well and uh, the range that marty has available and he's got uh, the, as we said before the new some new t-shirts coming online as well and the black and white one is, is going to be popular as well that that he's that he's going to uh, put out uh so keep an eye on that so that's it for the sponsors just in a shout out as to what's coming next uh first of all if you haven't seen it already catch up on the united show with uh um the magpie channel and ourselves uh, from earlier in the week and then on, t- on tomorrow at half seven, I think it is. Yeah, we have uh, where there is Pete, isn't that right? We are. Uh, and look, as Daz has already said, we had the Magpie channel on Monday. We're always looking to bring something a little bit different uh, and a little bit of quality to our content, as always. And the one thing we've always done is the way days from when we've kicked off on our new Cash United um, content. We've got the Noisy Neighbours joining us, the Noisy Neighbours podcast, Man City podcast, all the way from the United States, but huge Man City um, fans podcast that are going to join us uh, and talk all things Manchester City. I think there's going to be one or two things interesting that they're going to say on this podcast tomorrow night, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what they're going to say um, in a little bit more detail. But yeah, The Noisy Neighbours, a new podcast. We've got Luke that's joining us from a previous podcast from last season. So we're going to have a three-pronged attack of Man City fans talking Newcastle United and Man City content. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. Look forward to that. For sure, please do join. join you in. might get your opinion, uh, Pete, on Christian Pulisic as well, uh, being from the USA. Just, just a thought on, on him. Yeah, cool. Uh, of course, you will. N- never end out. And, and then on Sunday we have a reaction show on the the Man City, our victory over Man City on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Join us to celebrate that in style. Uh, so uh, bring that on 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 Sunday evening as well. I think it's at eight o'clock. So that's it for what's coming. Uh, on the next one. And of course, if if a player drops. Uh, we will be uh, what? Graham Bailey tweeting just again right now. I like the sound of that because uh, I've, I've seen, the poster it. I've seen uh, it. It's, it's, it's a very it's a very little it, a bit of interest. It's not massive. It's not distinctive. But the, there's there's that little bit of interest in, in there again. And look, uh, I, I'm sure that Graham Bailey over the course of the next couple of weeks will come on and talk a little bit in Newcastle if, if things progress. But look. We've, is, we've is there enough for, for exactly? We've got the Jordan boys, boys, Charlie and, and Jordan. What, what, what more do we need? The likely lads. 
Is, is there enough to link in for Jordan to link in a question to, to uh, Graham Bailey's tweet? That's to, to, to ask any of that question. That's all I want to know. That's one question, Jordan. One question. One job. There's always a question. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what no, I can I'll do. Go right, go right, go right. I, I'll be celebrating Jordan, that day. You do. Jordan will be back on next week saying I'm banned. <laughs> <laughs> love it, Chris. Love it. I Chris. would love it. Love it. <laughs> Right, that's it, lads. Boys, get, I guess pleasure. I just press the button. You guys take care. We'll have a fantastic Cheers, boys. Week. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Charlie. Cheers, John. Cheers, lads. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. How, how, how. Oh, 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 oh,